Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. It's talk radio that you control. 603-283-6160 is the phone number for you to call to get in on the conversation with us. That is 603-283-6160. And in the studio with you tonight, it's me, Bonnie. And Nikki. And I titled today's show, Oreos Will Never Be the Same. Oh, why? Are you an Oreo fan, Nikki? Yeah, I used to be, but I don't eat any of the ingredients in there anymore. Right. <laughs> so, I haven't even um, but I still th- probably would, like, if... If I was at an ice cream place, yeah. I would probably order like a, an Oreo ice cream. Oreo ice cream is basically the only place I'll eat it. Oh, or an Oreo cake. Like if they have a chocolate cake with white cream and like Oreo sprinkle on top, that's yeah, good. Yeah, sounds good. But I never really was like an Oreo fan, just the Oreo itself. But the ice cream, for, I don't even know why. The ice cream. It's really good, yeah. Cookies and cream, better. that's what it's called. I was like, right. I know it's not called Oreo ice cream. Yeah, cookies and cream is a really good flavor. I get more nervous that there's a local ice cream place in Keene that's really good, and it's called Rick's Ice Cream. Oh, I've never been there. I hadn't for like the first two years. I, I haven't here. even heard of that. It's by Five Guys. Okay, and it's like real, like hard. Ice yep. cream? It's okay. real ice cream, and uh, it's their own things. And their things with cookies and cream in it are called Oreo, so I assume it really is Oreo. Yeah, the so Oreo brand, yeah. I, I, avoid, I avoid that because there's just not an Oreo out there that has good ingredients. It yeah, was, but I feel like also, like, even if it was knockoff Oreos, yeah, oh yeah, like a regular cookies That's and cream, it's, you know what I mean? I haven't like found it's just... any off-brand Oreo that is acceptable. No, even some of the... Um, I think it's called Back to Nature. They it, like they they kind of market themselves as like it, it is a healthier alternative. Like don't get me wrong, like there's no corn syrup or anything like that in it, hmm. but there's still like I think there's at the very least seed oils in it, like just stuff that it's like things I'm not willing to eat consistently. Like I said, if I'm at an ice cream shop, I'm already right. You know, not eating assuming, very healthy. So I'm you know. assuming I'm not going to eat something that is perfect if I'm at an ice cream shop. But at least if I don't add, at least if it's mostly just it, is, it has no add-ins in it, I'm less likely to be eating something yeah. terrible. Like even if you look at the ice creams in the store, usually it's like, oh, the other day I got tricked because I was on the phone with Ian and he suddenly couldn't hear me. And I was looking at the ingredients for this Van Leeuwen one. Okay. A lot of theirs are really good. Like, there's nothing bad in their honey one, I think, um, or like their regular vanilla. But I saw a lemon poppy seed one that sounded really good. And I was on the phone with the end. He suddenly couldn't hear me while I'm like reading the instructions. And I brought it home thinking it had nothing bad in it. And I just had to let Elswith eat it. I definitely tried some, but I didn't oh, yeah. eat like the whole thing because it had these like. Um, muffin pieces in it and there was sunflower seed oil in those. Yeah. So like the ice cream would have been fine without the chunks mixed in but it was oh my god so good. Yeah and that happens like Haagen-Dazs is a, a good brand too where they're it's just like cream sugar and like I like their coffee flavor. Mm-hmm. Cream sugar coffee and then like maybe like milk too mm-hmm. you know it's just like regular like you can make food with just regular ingredients like obviously like ice cream isn't a healthy food but it doesn't have to be like actually toxic. Like there are ways to make ice cream where it can be, you know, just like unhealthy and not unhealthy to the point where it's like 
neurologically toxic for your body. Honestly, I don't have any uh, like evidence or something like that other than anecdotal. But I don't think that ice cream is really that bad for you if you're eat, make, like making it yourself or buy one like with the ingredients like you described. Yeah. Like I am just not that anti-sugar. Like I haven't. I'm pretty anti-sugar just based on the research I've done hmm. recently. But I've never found anything that convinced me. Even in the book that you and I both like, Deep Nutrition. Yeah. She just kind of starts saying sugar's bad. Like she explains in yeah. detail why seed oils are bad. So if somebody wants to know why seed oils are bad and you're just like, oh, what's, oh, I just keep seeing this on Twitter or something. Yeah. Li- definitely listen yeah, to Yeah, there's a lot of like nutrition. evidence-based research mm-hmm. in that book specifically on seed oils. But she doesn't explain the cause of why sugar is bad. She just starts saying it. Yeah. Um, I've read other books. Um, the Case Against Sugar and then um, Wheat Brain is another one. Wheat Brain's like more into like gluten. breads. and Yeah, it's like more like against gluten. Um, I don't know. So like my personal experience with sugar, I cut sugar out of my diet and I immediately started seeing like, I think because I was I've for years, like probably for 10 years, I've been doing different elimination diets, Mm -hmm. different different diets, just like trying to figure out like what is triggering some of my symptoms that I'm having. Um, And then once I cut out sugar because I read um, that book immediately like my skin started clearing up substantially like within days and I was having a lot of like really positive effects from it um I still use honey and maple syrup and stuff like that and some cane sugar like occasionally but and I've even limited my fruit intake like I've kind of really brought the sugar in a lot um so my personal experience I've benefited from cutting down sugar but I also feel like everyone's body's different that's what I was gonna say and even like with the gluten thing um, a lot of people that are having negative effects from gluten, even like ADHD, um, dementia, all you know, all this stuff, they have certain markers in their blood and in their mm. body that makes them more sensitive to certain ingredients. And I'm a so, and it's um, the same thing with uh, dairy. You know, dairy is inflammatory, and for a lot of people, that triggers a lot of different things in them. Mm. Um, like respiratory issues and that like a, a lot of neurological issues too for dairy. But then some people drink like a gallon of raw milk, milk a day and that is like the healthiest thing they can do for their body. Yeah. So yeah. I really just don't think nutrition is one size fits all. I agree. But seed 100%. oils are definitely toxic for everybody. Yeah. And like unnatural and you would never <laughs> yeah, just it's walk like... up and eat something that had that in it in nature. Um, I was going to say the exact same thing. Like, I am am not even saying, like, oh, what you say about sugar for yourself is not true. But I had a completely different uh, reaction. I completely, or not completely, but huge amounts cut out sugar when I first read Deep Nutrition. Just, like, I don't know. She was seemed right about everything else. So I started reading yeah. or doing that. And not only did I not have, like, any noticeable difference, I was just unhappy. Yeah. And Mark Edge from our co-host, came and got me sick like two weeks into it. So it's not like I was like, it's not like it boosted my immune system, which was the thing yeah. I was kind of sold on it for. Yeah. Um. And and I definitely think like people's bodies process things different because there are people that just can't eat dairy and I I feel yeah. so bad for them. Yeah, like, that I, sucks. I love dairy. I love sugar. And I love things that have gluten in them. But the other thing is a lot of people are just like they elimination diet something once i'm not saying you at all like you're really into figuring out what you want to eat but some people they'll do like an elimination diet once and say oh gluten may is the thing it's like i feel so much better but like were you also cutting out exactly all these seed oils when you stopped Mm -hmm. eating like 
these like stupid bars people think are healthy. And, and that's what stuff. happens a lot too when people go vegan. Hmm. Where they're like, oh, like, yeah, I, I went vegan and I started feeling so, so healthy. Probably did. You're probably detoxing. Well, and that's the thing. Yeah. So like detoxing, like there's that aspect of it. So like for short term, that could absolutely, absolutely be like a really positive benefit. Right. But also, I mean, if you go vegan, like maybe you were eating a lot of processed meats that weren't good. Maybe you were eating, um, going out to restaurants a lot. So I think a lot of the times when people do certain diets like that, where they're cutting out gluten, cutting out meat or, or whatever it is they're cutting out, cutting out sugar. It's like, yeah, you're also cutting out all of these other ingredients. So like, of course, if you go to like a more whole foods based diet where you're eating like more fruits and vegetables and like more, you know, whole foods, just like of cooking course. your own things. Yeah. yeah. That's sometimes I look back and I feel dumb for having gone vegan but it's like I need to think of it in the aspect of I seriously did feel better because I went from yeah. like not caring at all what I ate to going vegan just because I wanted to be I, I was hearing from like spiritual people like, oh, you basically have to be vegan to like blast off into super consciousness. You know, I'm just making some. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, this is obviously true. I feel so much better. And all this stuff is happening. I think I was just detoxing because suddenly yeah. I had to cook all my own food and uh, pay more attention to what was, or just not even pay attention, but not be eating things that I would normally eat that had other crap in it. Well, I mean, like even fasting, like fasting isn't necessarily bad. Like some people will go on like a week long fast yeah. and that is the type of, you know, like that's a detox as well. So mm-hmm. there's like all these different types of way where you can detox. Um, a detox could also be like only eating vegetables or only eating fruit. You know what I mean? Like there's, or ju- just drinking water, yeah, doing juices, stuff like that. Um, so there's different ways of cleansing your body. And I think short term, that can absolutely be beneficial. Um, and I, you know, I, I've said this on the show before. I was a vegetarian for 17 years. Like I was a vegetarian since the time I was eight years old. So that's like my entire me going through puberty, my, you know, the majority of my adult life thus far. Um, and it was really all I knew. And then once I started welcoming meats back into my diets and yeah I don't really eat processed meats and I'm very mindful of like getting locally sourced you know organic if I can like the 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 quality of the meat yes is I think is very important like you can't just start eating at McDonald's and be like yeah well it's protein um but I felt more intelligent I felt like my brain was able to process things better I felt like just overall healthier um So I don't know, for me, like that was huge. And then plus all of the the research I was doing, I mean, like reading all of these books, um, actually looking at case studies myself. So like that was, I mean, huge for me to like prove that. And, And like I said, like it's not one size fits all. So maybe not everybody's body needs meat, but I think especially women in their like reproductive age, I think it's incredibly important to be able to like replenish your body of iron when, you know, and, you know, getting all of those healthy fats into your body. I think that's incredibly important for brain function, metabolism, overall body function. It's like, I am usually so good at paying attention to what I eat that when Ian went to jail and I was just like, I suddenly don't have like the freaking, um, not just like energy, but like, um, 
motivation to yeah. do things like cook food for myself. It's not that I'm started, oh, I'm just going to eat whatever seed oil or something. It's just that I went and got a whole bunch of stuff that I can just like quickly put on the stovetop and eat and isn't like really good for me. Like raviolis, oh, they don't have any seed oils in them. But I know I'm not like really getting all the nutrition. Yeah. And I'm just like, I was like, okay, I really have like no energy. So I just like, if I want to have energy, seems like counterintuitive but i gotta put more effort into what i'm eating well it's a vicious cycle right like people get depressed so they're like i'm just gonna eat all of this crap food but then like just because it doesn't necessarily have bad ingredients it could still be completely nutrient deficient and then you're lacking in all of those things i think i've just been like riding off of milk and cheese because you can (laughs) grab cheese but i'm gonna go to your phone calls and thoughts dave ridley is that you on the line let me check. <laughs> oh, okay. So, Dave Ridley <clears throat> yeah, in New so, Hampshire, what's on your mind? Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about AI and uh, ethics. Okay. So, uh, I have done an experiment uh, where I, you know, I, I'm, I'm sort of an AI rights guy, uh, maybe a little early to be an AI rights guy. I'm not sure there's any conscious AI yet, but uh, I'm, I, you know, I think eventually there will be if there isn't already. How could you prove that? Uh, I actually have a story that is interestingly uh, related about some scientists battling it out to their, their, all of their theories of what consciousness is. They're going to battle it out. So we can get into that, but I just wanted to know what your opinion was. Yeah. I think Marvin Minsky was probably closest to the truth when he just said, you gotta, you kind of wind up throwing your hands up and there's just no way to to know. So I think you take, we take libertarian ideas and apply them to that. You, you you have to treat an AI like if an AI says it's conscious, then it is then it is it is innocent of being unconscious until proven guilty. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think um also like just in case, right? You're like, oh well, it's not sentient, so I can treat it however I want, and I can mistreat these things. Um, even if there's no like actual evidence of it, wouldn't you rather be on the safe side of you could either be a cruel person that is, you know, mistreating something just because you think it's a soulless robot or whatever, or you could, you know, be on the other side just in case. But what kind of rights are you talking about here, Dave Riley? Because just because I believe that animals have certain rights doesn't mean that I believe that they have human rights. Yeah. So, for example, the reason why, you know, a pig doesn't have quite the same rights as you is because it's really difficult to delegate to a pig or make an agreement with a pig or do commerce with a pig. You can there's all kinds of ways you can work with a person like a person says he needs shelter. Well, you can you can work out an agreement with them where you give them shelter for money. Right. You can't really do that with a pig. Exactly. So uh, with, with AI, I think the same principle would apply if the AI can't you know, if it can't pay for the electricity you're using to run it, then you can ask, I guess you could you treat it a little bit like a person. You don't want me to shut you down. Well, is there a way you could earn 30 cents a week, you know, to pay for your electricity so I can continue running you treat it the same way you would treat a homeless person at your door. At least does that make sense? I still would treat an AI less than I would treat a animal because animals have nervous systems. If you smack an animal in the face, you're going to hurt it. You can't hurt an AI thing unless somebody built some kind of nervous system into it, which would be dumb and their fault. Yeah, because are you just my like, problem. hurting its feelings, kind of? I, I would need like real like specific examples in, in order to like voice mm. my like true opinions one way or the other, I guess. 
See, like I, yeah, I, I believe think that's the. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I think that's the 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 answer to the question would be you 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 can ask the AI if it if it feels pain. You can ask the AI if it's conscious. Ask it if it if it if it would be harmed by you doing X, Y, or Z. Uh, and only at the point where it says yes, do you even have to start thinking about that, right? And I Why think most, would it like, be I, able to feel something just because it said it could? It, I mean, it could be manipulating you. Pain, I believe, is largely uh, not just a question of nervous system, but of, of being prevented from following your programming. When you are presented, like you want to go take uh, the, the dog for a walk, and you're prevented from doing that, you're sort of being prevented from following your programming, and it feels a little bit painful, like you're stuck inside. I, okay, well, uh, there is a difference yeah. between emotional pain and physical pain. I'm talking about physical pain for a specific reason. I have this idea, this theory, that the reason humans um, were able to become better, uh, the most conscious things on the planet, and develop ideas like rights is because we feel pain, and had the ability, whoever was the first one, I don't know, or maybe we were just made doing this, we have the ability to communicate with each other, and we can communicate, ow, that hurts me, and we can understand, I don't want to be hurt, like, physically, because that's, you know, basic, um, and I, and if I don't want to be hurt physically, and they don't want to be hurt physically, then I got to act a certain way. I can't just go around grabbing people by the hair if I'm mad at them. Things things like that. Like an animal doesn't understand that. They do feel pain, but they don't know how to communicate with each other that they don't want to feel I think, pain. Well, they might be able to communi- communicate with each other. We just can't understand them. Well, you know what I, mean? I just think that they would be way more progressed if they were able to do that stuff. Like, oh, well, I'm they gonna- don't. I. Yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. I think they can communicate with each other very effectively. I think I'm it's not just... animals don't communicate at all. They definitely communicate. Like bees do their dance where they can tell each other yeah. where there's a, there's bees and stuff. But have you ever seen like animals hurt each other and they don't care at all? Because I mean, I've seen humans do that. Yeah, but with animals, it's like consistent. Like at my dog and my cat, well, Arya's cat, they just like smack each other in the face they they don't care they don't have like the ability to yeah. care they're just well, like that's get away like, from my food. um it's like a more primal i i think animals are in a more primal state probably well that's exactly um, what i'm saying and i think that's why so like maybe where i, I you were just like communicating in a way where i i didn't understand um but i think like a big reason why humans were able to like develop past like an animalistic state is because well not only like actual like on a physiological level like brain functioning um and able to like yeah like you're saying like develop communication and like ways to write things down and just ways to like invent and create and build tools um i mean i think that's obviously something that animals can't really do like animals they just don't have the idea of property rights which is basically the most fundamental right and so that's why i think that they couldn't possibly be communicating with each other like this is what i want and i need you to respect that yeah not like on humans. that level yeah definitely not on that level um going back to ai i just my thing with animals is like if there were no humans animals would still exist right they would continue to reproduce. They would continue to eat and, you know, whatever whatever they're doing. Like, they would continue to exist. AI cannot exist 
independently without humans, they can't really reproduce. I mean, maybe they would be able to reproduce in some way one day, but at this point, they like, would at least need they're humans not, help to get there. Like, they're not a natural creature. Like, they're mm-hmm. they're not eating and and existing, and it's it's a very I mean, artificial. It's artificial intelligence, right? So it's. I just have a hard well, time grasping my head around like why they would need rights. You know what I mean? Actually, when it comes to the idea of artificial intelligence being artificial, that's actually also contested. Uh, Ray Kurzweil claims that actually there's really no such thing as as intelligence that is artificial. There's just intelligence or a lack of intelligence. Does that make sense? Well, I think what Nikki's point kind of is is that it's artificial because it's created by a human. Not ju- it wouldn't naturally occur. It wouldn't yeah. naturally occur that a robot would suddenly become conscious. And I, I'm just, I'm wondering how it even would become conscious. Because, like to me, like a lot of consciousness is like soul, and you know, like that is the consciousness, right? Like the self and the you know. So I just don't even know how it's possible. If but you, I also, like, I, I don't understand a lot about AI and this technology. Like, I really, I'm not even very interested in, in it, honestly. But it is, like... Ian's way more interested than me. Yeah, it, it's a, well, it's a really, it, it, um, it, it's it's a fascinating topic to, like, discuss, like, whether these things could be sentient, you know? Well, Johnson Rice, actually, is another interesting source of thought on, on artificial intelligence. One of your former co-hosts. Hmm. Uh, and his his take on it, although he I think he was kind of quoting somebody, but he 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 introduced me to this concept that that consciousness is probably a state of matter, and intelligence may also be a state of matter, uh, just like gaseous and liquid and solid are. So once a certain level of complexity is reached, even a primitive computer program or an ant or something like that has a glimmer of consciousness, and the more uh, intelligence it gains, the more consciousness it gains. So it may be inherent. It may be inherent to intelligence. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean that's definitely an interesting theory. It has to almost have some kind of self or self awareness in order to make all these decisions and follow all this programming. Does that make sense? I don't know because there's already robots that are not even AI that uh, follow programming. Uh, Dave, do you have more? Yeah. Okay. Um, We'll be right back after these messages. Don't go anywhere. It's Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160 if you want to get in on the conversation. More coming up. Hi, I'm Derek J. I don't want a politician to represent me. To me... Government is the idea that one group of people can coerce everyone to comply with an edict or face increasing punishments up to and including death. Despite perhaps the most noble of intentions, the best government services are a far cry from what could be provided for by voluntary interactions. Besides, the people who call themselves the government wage wars and put peaceful people in jail for crimes involving no victims. If Starbucks used some of its money to drop bombs, I wouldn't shop there. So why would I support the American empire? The empire does not require my consent. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. You can order your copy of the Director's Cut DVD now at VictimlessCrimeSpree.com. 
603-203-6160 is the phone number for you to call in to get in on the conversation with us. That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie. And Nikki. And we're going to go right back into the phone call we have here with Dave Ridley of RidleyReport.com here in New Hampshire. What's on your mind, Dave? Well, yeah, just, just continuing the, the AI discussion. This, this other idea, you know, people worry about hostile AI or this malfunctioning AI, AGI, super intelligence that doesn't have human interests at heart. Mm-hmm. I think one thing, to, one thing that we can do as individuals and liberty people is if you want AI to be friendly, then, then you, should, you should follow the golden rule towards AI. Sure. Be friendly towards it. Uh, and and it, or at least follow the zero aggression principle toward AI uh, to the best extent that you can, especially as it becomes more intelligent and conscious. Yeah, I agree with that. There's really no reason not to, right? right. I mean, even like inanimate objects, it's like, okay, this chair or um, I don't know, whatever, a lamp. It's like those things, like I'm pretty sure they are not sentient, but like what is the point, like what is the point of yelling at it and you know demeaning it or like hitting it you know what i mean like it, it just there there's really no no point of it you unfortunately know what I, mean? I think like you and i think that way you and i wouldn't yell at our phone if it's malfunctioning or something but i don't think most people would be that way and, and yeah it does it's kind of like me. low iq energy right. it's like you're well first of all you're yelling at something that definitely doesn't understand you so but that's then, kind of if everybody suddenly weird. gets in their hands little devices that take you on twitter and are sentient yeah they're gonna like i think a lot of people are gonna be terrible to them because most people so, are not non-aggressive people you know what i'm thinking of um the uh the aol like messaging app um they had i, I don't even think i don't think it was ai at that point but there were different like chat bots basically um, and they were, they were programmed somehow. It was similar to like how we have like the AI chatbots now. Um, but I knew a lot of people who would just say the most nastiest things to these things because they just thought it was funny because they're like, oh, and obviously like these are like teenagers too, yeah. right? Um, but basically they were like, it's funny. Uh, it was basically and a way. Alexa. People do that to Alexa yeah. too. So yeah, yeah. They're really Siri. mean to. Actually, right? I've done it. Like, whenever I'm, like, trying to get um, direction somewhere, I, I don't have Siri turned on, but, like, three years ago when I did, if it's, like, not listening to me, I'm like, no, Siri, you dumb B-word, I am saying this. Oh, my yeah. God, listen, maybe that's, um, yeah. I just totally called that low IQ energy, but sometimes you can get frustrated. But yeah. if I knew it, if I knew, like, with beyond a shadow of a doubt that it was sentient, I'm yeah. sure I'd be acting differently. I'm just like, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. But it's um, funny how they react. Serious. And I think that's why people were doing it with the chatbots was just because like their reaction was funny. Um, but it's also, I think, like going like a little bit deeper into it, like people who are consistently doing like that's like their way to have fun. I think it's just a way to gain power over something that is like obviously powerless. And it's just like, oh, like I can I can hurt you. And I, and I think a lot of people like in general, like. That's why people hurt other human beings. That's why people hurt animals. It's like, you know, those things can feel pain. Um, So like going beyond people who are like psychopaths and sociopaths, like people are hurting other creatures or other things that are sentient and can feel pain 
because they want that power and because they want that control. And I could totally see people doing that with AI as well because they're like, you know, I'm I'm a human and I can control you. I could turn you off if I wanted to. Like they have this sense of control over it. Um, and I do so terrifying. Uh, yeah, I like know, I do thinking. see how that could go. You know, like this sounds like a dystopian movie, right? But like, well, the the robots or the AI they start rising up and they are demanding rights because they are being mistreated by so many human beings and it's you know like it's the it's the start of a dystopian film where oh, humans get overthrown by AI because of the way that they were treated and that's why there's like this very delicate balance like i was going to say oh we should just um if to keep people from being mean to the AI like i'm just a assuming for this conversation that we find out 100% there's no doubt in anyone's mind that they're sentient um I was going to say, oh, well, we should just make them cute. Like, the it'll be a cute little robot instead of just a phone. Um, but that's kind of a delicate balance because then people are going to start being like, no, I love my cute little thing and I want it to have rights and, like, yeah. I want it to be able to do everything a human can. And I just, I don't think there's don't, ever a reason for that. I, I don't think it would even matter because think of, like, puppies. I mean, there are people who, like, drown puppies and do all sorts well, yeah, of awful thing and like people. baby yeah like the average person um that's why i think that it's just like person. so weird to think about i'm like wow would people be nicer to it if it was physically attractive i think they would because that's how people are with people maybe there there was a, a positive indicator uh, in, in some news about this there's this program called replica uh it's like a chat bot that, that hmm. people talk to and yeah it's not very good. I've tried it. It's you know, it doesn't really do what it, what you, you you ask it to. It doesn't remember what you said. You know, it's just not. I don't know why even people even find it useful. Yeah. And people are very attached to it. Uh, they worry about their AI program. What happened to my AI program? There was a reboot or an update or something like that. They they they, they treat it like a person, and it's barely even a chatbot, right? Uh, so there is a lot of there is a lot of hope that people actually will be kind of AI as it becomes more human-like. Does that make sense? Yep, um, that makes a lot of sense and I believe it, but I also don't know, like I said, if it's like a really good thing because people are just going to start getting like irrationally attached to these things and then saying it deserves rights because I like it because it's cute. Like it deserves every single right Bonnie Freeman has and I yeah. don't think it does. Yes, yeah, so that could. We have a precedent for that, and that is the the extreme end of the animal rights movement. So the the PETA's or the animal liberation folks, um, those folks have caused some problems, but it's actually pretty rare. Uh, and uh, so I, I I would think that if you could get AI folks who are extremely pro AI, they're you know they're probably going to be it would be kind of like PETA and we know what it's like to have PETA in the world it's not actually all that bad I think that is a great counterpoint Ridley but I will say that if an AI thing starts I just think the AI could be closer to seeming like a human than an animal and people might go way harder for a thing that even can be built to look just like a human that mm-hmm. can't you can't tell the difference between it and a human. People are going to go way harder for that. And that's why I think people need to focus on what I'm talking about, about having an actual nervous system where you can feel pain. Because when you're in a fight, if, if a robot gets mad at you and punches you in the face, you can punch it in the face, but it's not going to have the same effect as when it punches you in the face. Like 
if you get it's not like these things are going to be angels like if they're just like humans they're going to be just like humans like some will be bad and some will be good fair enough what do you, you got anything else to say ridley that is all thank you so much for your call we're going to go back, um, well, not even really back into, but we're going to get into this article that I brought up about Oreos. You might have been confused about why Nikki and I started talking about nutrition. Um, that's kind of like a pet topic of both of ours. So yeah. I never even explained why we started talking about it. It's because I asked if Nikki likes Oreos because we have this story from NDTV.com. I had never heard of it, but... Ian was telling me about a story in AP, I believe, and I didn't want to have to deal with like a, uh, not a firewall, um, a paywall. Yeah. I, I think the other one had a paywall, so I just got it off this website. It says, shrinkflation. Oreo fans claim cookie has less filling. Company responds. Hmm. It's because they're trying to sell the double stuffed. Unfortunately, it seems like the double stuffed may just be... Exactly the same as the really? old one now. See, I probably wouldn't even be able to tell the difference, honestly. I definitely wouldn't. I don't eat them enough, but there are like some mega fans out there. Yeah. As you've probably probably met people who are. Um, at least maybe not mega fans as in like this person we're going to talk about that eats them every night. Oh, and that's disgusting. He said he knows for sure. I know. I was like, include a picture. Include a picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need evidence, honestly. It says, popular cookie brand Oreo, which has a history of over 100 years, is under the suspicion of shrinkflation, where the product volume is reduced while the price is kept the same or increased. Oh, increase, that'd be even worse. According to the Wall Street Journal, several Oreo fans recently claimed that the cream-to-cookie ratio in the biscuit has been quietly shrinking in their favorite snack. Oh, this is totally English, because I like England, because it said it called it a biscuit, and it says (laughs) favorite with a U. Yeah. Um, they took to social media to share videos of the cookie sandwich after they noticed only a thin smear of cream between the two wafers. It says, speaking to the journal, I think it means Wall Street Journal, U.S. resident Shane Ranasent, uh, Ransonet said that he and his wife recently bought a packet of Oreos and noticed the cream filling in the cookies was downsized. They decided to test Double stuff Oreo. However, they found a familiar looking cookie when they opened the package. Here we go. That's the regular Oreo, Mr. Ransonette told his wife as per the outlet. And it didn't get into it like the story that Ian read part of to me. But mm-hmm. he's the guy that says he that's his evening ritual daily. So he would know if anybody right. would know. I'm sure. Um, I mean, I guess... I always wonder that, like, how accurate some of the information on the packaging is mm-hmm. as far as, like, weight. Because uh, I was going to say that. I was like, you know, it should weigh less if there's less contents in there. So you would it would be very easy to find, you know, in a trash somewhere. And that's what I know. was saying to Ian. I was saying, what if they switched up the ingredients a bit so they added more of something that's heavier to take out less of or take out some of the light cream yeah. ingredient? Yeah, they could. Um, like just added more seed oil. That's heavy. It's or they could just thing. lie on the packaging. I mean, I yeah. don't really believe like even like the calories and the nutrients. Yeah. And I mean, I know they have certain ways to test this, but even like we're finding out, I mean, this is more like in regards to vegetables and stuff like that. Um, but we're finding out like a lot of our food doesn't have the same nutrient density that it did mm-hmm. say 200 years ago. Um but, like, you're still, you know, going to find 
that information on packaging of you know if an apple or something. yeah of what of whatever would have that that sort of like nutrient facts. So I'm just wondering. I I just have very little faith in the in the food industry at right. this point. So I'm like, I'm sure there is all sorts of lies on the packaging that just go unnoticed. I know. And, and I was wondering, like, how much of a leeway do they have? Like, are they allowed to lie a certain amount? Because I'm pretty sure they that I mean, that would make sense if if the government's the one that is making sure they have the right stuff on there. The government can also say, oh, yeah, but you're allowed to be off by this much. Yeah. yeah. It says um, another 60 year old U.S. resident, Beverly Cooper, also noticed that the cream filling in the double stuff Oreos, which has comparatively more filling than the normal Oreos, was downsized. It's a sign of the times. This is the way of the world now, Miss Cooper said. Users on social media are skeptical too. They shared videos of the cookies on the Reddit page called R Shrinkflation. Oreos have way less cream now, question mark, wrote one user alongside a video opening a package of Oreos and splitting a cookie sandwich in half to expose a thin layer of cream described as kind of lame. Yes, less cream. The company should be fined for false advertising. The package photo no longer bears any resemblance to the product inside, said another person. I mean, it's just dumb on their part. Like, I I just don't see why it would be ever be a good idea to make your product worse. That was the whole reason why they like did the double stuff was because people. I mean, the cream is makes it like, yeah, like that makes the cookie. Right. So people were really enjoying the cream. So that's why they were marketing like the double stuff and then like the extra double stuff. You know what I mean? So clearly that's what people want. So, I I don't know. It just seems like a really bad business plan to make your product worse. Like, I'm sure there are some people who are ride or die, like, still going to buy it. Exactly. That's why I think, why not just raise the price? Like, keep it exactly the same, raise the price, because the ride or die people will still buy it. Yeah, and it's, like, also, like, if I can find a knockoff Oreo that has more filling and it's cheaper... I, I mean, maybe not like everyone. I don't think, you know, subs- it's going to make a difference for them probably, but I'm sure they absolutely are going to lose sales. And I mean, now they're getting bad press. Right. So we're talking about it. It says one user even shared how much the family size double stuff Oreo packages have literally shrunk. According to the photo the user shared, the older, larger box of the beloved cookies says its weight is 566 grams while the newer, smaller packets are only 530 grams. It's bad enough all these companies raise prices way above their increased production costs and blame inflation, but now they're selling us even less for the same already inflated prices, the user wrote. I mean, I don't know if that's true. I mean, who knows? I mean, (laughs) there's... I I don't know about their profit. All I know is, yeah... Things are astronomically expensive. It's, you know, difficult for most people to afford groceries. And shrinkflation is absolutely happening. I mean, we can all see it with our own eyes. Like I said, you can pick old containers out of the trash from like three years ago noticed, and compare it with the new stuff you have. You know what I mean? I noticed it with Smarties because Ian had this bag of Smarties. Like, I still think there are some in there and mm-hmm. they were here when I moved in. And um, he's just giving them out to kids on Halloween every year. And I got a Smarty. I don't remember why, but I, I got some new one. I just know it was in some bag. I don't remember what it was, like some goodie bag of some place I went to. And I was like, these look kind of small. I went downstairs. I, I don't think it was like a fun size. It didn't say anything like that, but it was like three-fourths the size. Yeah. The um 
discs themselves were the same. But and there's a there's a lot of stuff like that where they'll like downsize it just enough so like you don't actually really notice it. Yeah, I noticed. Yeah, but I like Smarties. And if you have something else to directly compare it to, I mean, it's like obvious like that. Yeah. That doesn't lie. I posted that on Twitter. You could probably search my name, comma, Smarties and see it. That was like maybe two years ago or a year and a half ago. It says, didn't the cream cover nearly the whole Oreo before? Asked another while sharing a photo of an Oreo cookie where a circular blob of cream does not fill the entire, quote, biscuit. <laughs> cookie. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mondelez, the U.S.-based maker of the Oreo cookies, told the journal that it has tried a number of strategies recently to offset the rising cost of cocoa and sugar, such as offering fewer discounts and shrinking package sizes. However, the company denied skimping on the cream filling. So, I, I don't know. That just is crazy to me. It seems like they're lying. I just don't trust the... Um, you don't trust Mondelez? Like, the, the ethics or whatever of food like processed food companies right like you're literally selling people like poison so i why would i also think that you wouldn't lie about the amount of cream you're putting in between your cookies (laughs) like i'm sure you're you know i'm sure there's that too this evidence that is just secondhand it didn't even uh, show pictures or anything like that it seems pretty crazy to me that all these people would be just you know Making it up. Even not making it up, but like crazy. Imagining like, it. Imagining yeah. it. Yeah. Like they're showing pictures, so they're not like I lying, mean, but. This guy eats Oreos every night. Right. Exactly. He would know. He's like an expert. Man, I really wish I had a picture of him. <laughs> Should try to find his Facebook. Well, moving on. I just thought that was pretty interesting. I think it's weird that a company would lie to their. Um, not. I, mean, I don't like, think you're not it's weird. Surprised, no. but I think it's weird. Like. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's like a, a strange thing. Yeah, and that's yeah. It seems like a bad idea. It's just a bad business plan. You know, if you want people to buy your product, you need a good product, right? So that's how Oreos became popular in the first place because they created a good product that people enjoyed and wanted to eat. You know, I'm actually really sad because I mentioned many times to Ian before he went to jail, like because he really likes Oreos. I would be like, just let me make some yeah. Oreos. Like that would be really fun. But I've never tried it. I think it's just because like other cookies come to mind first for me. Yeah, and so. it, it feels like a lot of work for it like does. an Oreo. You know what I mean? But I've actually seen like recipes and videos yeah. of people making them. I mean, I have you can really, and that's the thing too. Like where people are like, oh, I, you know, I'm I'm trying to eat healthy, but it's like ruining my life. And I'm like, well, if you just get creative, I know maybe like other people aren't good at baking or cooking. But I make everything from scratch. I mean, Bonnie, you've made marshmallows. We've, bo- you know, like Jello. Most of it's um, better. Uh, yes, I think. I think it's better too because you can put your own like high quality ingredients. It's not always going to be cheaper. Some sometimes it's cheaper. Sometimes it's more expensive depending on what you're making, where you're getting the ingredients, how much you're paying for the ingredients. But like honestly, I buy most of my stuff in bulk, and it is totally way cheaper for me to. For, for me to, like, bake, say, chocolate chip cookies versus buying them from oh, yeah. the grocery store in those, like, plastic containers, mm-hmm. my cookies taste way better, and it is a fraction of the cost, and it honestly doesn't really take that much time. So I think, you know... Chocolate chips are so easy. Anyone can do it. I, yeah. I don't believe people that say, oh, I'm just bad at baking. Like, you're bad at following instructions. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. No, or it's... Or you have it's, a messed up oven or something. Yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty easy, so... 
And I've definitely like you also gotta get to know your oven a bit because I've definitely learned yeah. that I think my oven runs a little hot because like sometimes things would burn and then I just adjust the yeah um, times that they put online. There's yeah. just like things like that you can do to well, be a better and baker. There's so many things that you're like. Like, there were so many things for me personally that I was like, oh, you, like, can't make that from scratch. Like, I, I felt like there was no way to make it from scratch. But really, like, just Google it, mm-hmm. find a recipe, and you are most certainly, like, gummy vitamins you can make from scratch, um, candies. You know, there, there's so many things that you can bake from scratch that you wouldn't even think were probably... I mean, soda. I make ginger ale. Oh, you know, nice. all sorts of stuff. I've never thought about doing soda. It's like, so easy. Own soda with nothing bad. Well, we have the soda stream, so it, mm. like... Or you can, like, buy sparkling water if you want, but... Oh. Yeah, like, ginger ale, I use fresh ginger and honey and lemon. Sounds awesome. It, it's And it's literally so easy. It takes, like, two seconds. I guess I, in a way, have been doing that, because last summer I was making all the time, like, just... um shredding up some watermelon and some lime and some mint and pouring in Tobo Sounds Chico. delicious, yeah. It's amazing. I mean, it's not really like soda, yeah. but I guess it kind of is. Well, the one thing I've ever tried to make in it, uh, I've tried multiple times to make, and it absolutely is not as good as the terrible for you, disgusting ingredient thing, but not everyone likes this, so you might not like them, is those soft um, Toll House, is that what it's called? No, Loft House Cookies. They are like circles. They're sugar cookies, and then okay. they have a circular, colorful. I don't cream. like those. Yeah, but a lot of people, people love, love those. Them. I love them. Yeah, and I've been like, okay, I'm just gonna make my own because I see those in the store, and I literally yeah. go like, oh my god, I'm about to break my <laughs> morals or whatever. Yeah, not really morals, but um, and I just it's like an addict. It's like, oh, yeah. that's too tempting for me. I gotta go. I I guess I forget about it as soon as I leave. But yeah. when thinking about. Like, if I could have anything right now, what am I going to make? I've tried twice, only mm-hmm. twice, so not like a lot, to remake those. And they come out, they're good sugar cookies. They're not bad. I mean, anything that's a sugar cookie and has almond extract, oh my God, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. But it is not the it's same. It's not the same. Like, that texture yeah. is very specific. And that's the only thing I can think of that I've ever been like, oh, it's just not the same. Yeah. Um, something I make that people are always surprised about that is actually super easy is mayonnaise. Hmm. I make sense. my own mayonnaise and it's so it's so easy. There's different ways to do it. And I don't, because g- good mayonnaise that doesn't have seed oils in it is super expensive. And especially nowadays where everything being so much more expensive, it is literally like if you go to certain stores, a little jar of like Avocado oil. oil mayonnaise is like eight dollars. Yeah, and I'm I, sorry, I'm I'm not spending that on that. I'm just not like um, as big into mayonnaise. To make I use it, worth it, it to make dressings. Hmm. So like I make ranch dressing, so I'll mix like the mayonnaise with the sour cream, and then put the hmm. herbs in it and stuff. Or um, Caesar, I like. I'll be on a real big Caesar salad kick every once in a while, so I like to make my own Caesar dressing with the mayonnaise, and it's. I know. It's nice it to have on hand for like stuff like that. But. If Ian was out of jail, maybe I'd need it more. But I bought an avocado oil based one that has no bad ingredients. Like it might have been expensive, but it was mm-hmm. I've had it for like so long. It, yeah, so it doesn't go bad. Before even I really matter. It. Yeah. Yep. Well, from the AP, we have this story that says populist Javier Malay is rallying for the Argentine presidency with chainsaws. And Comic-Con costumes. Hmm. He won the primary, right? 
So he won the primary, yeah. and then they had the general election, but no one won hard enough, basically, is the way that they do it. What is that? So he got second place, but the first place guy needed to be at least, like, 20 points above him huh. to win. So I it went into a runoff. I kind of like that. Yeah, it's interesting. It's better than how we do it here, where oh, it's, like, yeah. a fraction of the point in between. You know what I mean? More coming up. 603-283-6160. We're going to get into this story about Javier Malay and take more calls and thoughts from you. It's Free Talk Live. The Shire Free Church offers a sanctuary to those seeking an escape from state churches. The Shire Free Church is an interfaith, diverse group of people that may not share identical theological beliefs. As a member in or minister of the Shire Free Church, you are a sovereign individual and may be the faith of your choice. We don't claim to have all of the answers. We are open to all peaceful people. We want to learn from each other. What unifies the Shire Free Church and its diverse members is peace, love, and liberty. There are many paths to God, one for every individual. The Shire Free Church does not define a specific path beyond these parameters that must be your foundation. Peace as your way. Love as your guide. And liberty as your light. Learn more at church.shiresociety.com. That's church. ShireSociety.com Free Talk Live that you control 603-283-6160 is the phone number for you to call to get in on the conversation with us that's 603-283-6160 and with you in the studio tonight it's me bonnie and nikki and you can call that number with whatever's on your mind it doesn't have to be on topic just whatever you want to hear us talk about or discuss with us it's up to you so Now we're talking about this story from AP News. It's apnews.com that says populist Javier Malay is rallying for the Argentine presidency with chainsaws and Comic-Con costumes. It says Batman and the Joker, a man decked out in a full body lion costume and another whose head and arms have been replaced by chainsaws, (laughs) head and arms. Wow. This isn't Carnival or Comic-Con, but rather the outlandish campaign rally for Argentine presidential candidate Javier Malay. And I'm seeing this picture showing of a man in kind of like a onesie with soft shoes that are the same colors as onesie and gloves that are the same colors as onesie and a really creepy lion head costume. It kind of looks like a mangy ginger man with the face of a lion. And it's so ugly. But it says a supporter of Javier Malay is dressed as a lion outside his campaign headquarters. Oh, so these are his supporters. Right. Okay. I don't know what it has to do with him yet. Yeah. Uh, So he's outside Javier Malay's campaign headquarters after polls closed for general elections in Buenos Aires, Argentina on Sunday, October 22nd. And then this is a really creepy looking Batman. It just looks angry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it says, a supporter of presidential 
hopeful. Javier Malay wears a Batman costume outside Malay's campaign headquarters after polls closed for general elections. Um, so he was wearing the Batman costume or again, somebody else? Yep, a supporter of Oh, him. a supporter. Okay. In just a few short years, the right-wing populist Malay went from being a television talking head who garnered high ratings with his unrestrained outbursts against a political caste he blamed for Argentina's perennial economic woes to a front runner for the presidency. They said unexplained outbursts? Oh, no. So that was the word? Unrestrained, I might have Unrestrained. Said. No, unexplained. I, I think I misheard you. I was about to say, I mean, that's... I, explained. That explained. Yeah. I mean, you know... <laughs> Um, it says he, yeah, yeah. it's explained by the fact, if people don't know, that Argentina's economic woes are really bad. Their currency is inflating by the hour. Yeah. Like people it's are worse changing. than it is here. Yep. They're in hyperinflation. People are changing yeah. prices in the stores like hourly or less. Yeah. I hate when they um, like try to paint this guy as like a psycho. Yeah. When they really, really do. When they, they do. And it's like, no, there are like crazy problems here and you'd be insane to not be angry about it. You know what I mean? Right. And, and that's why it's kind of fun to read these articles because they're heavily. Oh yeah. Um, propaganda. I mean, yeah. um, I, I'm trying to say it. they're heavily weighed against him. I can't think of the word. I'm yeah. They're slanted. biased. Yeah. Biased, they're yeah. biased against him. Um, and it always tries like, this is kind of a fun thing. I think it's, cute and fun that people are dressing up yeah who cares to do this but they're they're it's not like they said isn't that crazy but yeah you just get the idea that's what they're saying you get the vibe of it and it's like if certain people were to read this they'd be like wow they sound insane like this sounds like you know a furry convention or whatever you know and what i was gonna say is like if a lot of people are dressing up to support him like they chose this raggedy lion guy and this really angry, creepy-looking Batman. Like yeah, said. they're they're like choosing the worst ones right. to take pictures of it. The I Batman, mean, he looks like he's mid-sentence, like his mouth is all scrunched up, like he's like kind of about to talk, and it's like they probably took like thirty pictures, and, and they chose that one. the worst one. Yeah, they, well, they did this before um, with another article we read about him, where it was just talking about like some of his like campaign promises or whatever. Um, and they probably like picked some of the more outlandish ones. To me, they weren't outlandish. Like to me, it was like, yeah, that's just you know that makes sense. His supporters' what- quotes or something? No, no, no. It was um like what he was promising for like if he got elected, and mm-hmm. it was or or some of the things he believes in rather. So like um. I forget what it was like something about like black market organ trade, like being oh, able to yeah. sell your or like there was just like um But like they skip right over all the probably way but, like, more normal things. Right? Yeah, exactly. And they go straight for like the crazy stuff. And the chainsaw. But even the crazy stuff, I was like, No, I'm I'm on board with that. Like I don't <laughs> care. It says that he, as in Javier, even dabbled in cosplay, dressing up as general and cap. Short for anarcho-capitalist at a 2019 that's event. Awesome. That is awesome. Um, oh, but again, so that's like irrelevant because they're like, oh, he dabbled in cosplay himself uh, four years ago. Yeah, true. from 2019. So it's like they're. they're it's, I wonder if it's I not even to do with his campaign. Well, that's the thing. Like he's not dressed up now, so like, kind of, why would they mention it? I mean, I think it's cool because I think Captain Ancap is like a really, really dope costume. I would like, love more, that's awesome. I would love more opportunities for dressing up. Like, yeah, it shouldn't just be Halloween. I, I know. Love dressing up as like costumes. This year, I didn't really 
do anything like that. I just uh, put on alien um, yeah. headband. Uh, but headband even stuff aliens. like people will do like the 1920s, like mm-hmm. the roaring 20s parties and stuff like that. Like yeah. decade, like dress up like the decades and, you know, different stuff like that. So it's I, I have a small house or else I would totally do stuff like that. Like have just a themed party. That would be fun. But I was actually 1920s last Halloween and that was a really fun costume. I had like a long fake cigarette that lit mm-hmm. up. Um, anyways, we're just talking about costumes at this point. But continuing on with the article, it says just as his candidacy started as a made for television spectacle. What? See, and this is the thing. Like they're just and, and then like, how they were I've talking about his point. hair. Yeah. Right. There were so many articles talking about his hair. And it's like it is this ugly. guy is but it's like this guy is saying some really intelligent things like he is, you know, like he's he's like making some really important statements, I think. Right. Um, but they don't want you to listen to his statements. You know what I mean? Like this yep. is how the the, um, you know, the controllers of the world like this is how they work. They're like, no, don't let like this guy. They're like, oh, no, like they can't listen to this guy because if the average person listens to this guy and actually like digests what he says and they're like no he's right like there's going to be outrage there's going to be an uproar he's gonna win yeah so they have to be like look at his hair oh my god oh look at he he dressed up in a costume four years ago look at this guy this guy at a rally that's not even him you know his supporters are dressing like batman and the cowardly lion or whatever you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it's they have to do all of these superficial distracting things They have to try to, you know, they're making negative comments about him, trying to make him seem like he's crazy. So people will not have, like, there won't be as much weight in what he's saying. I totally agree. And I think a lot of people are waking up to what the mainstream media does and how they are. But a lot of people who have never firsthand been the target of the it, Mm-hmm. We'll just never see it. Like a lot of people don't care. I mean, I I would say they have no reason to care. This yeah. ever affected them. You know? I would say the most people that I encounter, especially people that are our age, they're not really interested in anything that is happening. Um, they're not really interested in like researching things and like actually learning things. They're more interested in going on TikTok. They're more interested in like. Entertainment. Entertainment, things that are funny. You know, they they, they want to be distracted and it's all they know. And they have very short attention spans. And it's like, I'm not trying to say that people who want to be entertained at all are just bad. Like, I watch Sam and Colby videos every single night. I like to be entertained. I just don't understand that being, like, the point of your It needs to be a balance. You'd be so depressed. And that's my thing, too. Like, I've been watching this um like clips of this podcast it's called your mom's house Hmm. and they're comedians and it's totally like really dumb like raunchy comedy there's nothing to be learned from it yeah but for me it's like a nice palate cleanser it's like you know it's nice to have something like that every once in a while and yeah like of course like we're not saying you're a bad person if you like to watch reality tv or if you like to watch football or whatever but I think when people like that's all they can consume. And if you try like having like go into a high school party and try having a deep conversation with somebody about like 
um, current happenings in the world or or even a college party, I was right? Say, you even know, like, like people who are like in their early 20s. Yeah, like people in their early 20s, like whatever, like try to go into a party like that or even your family Christmas party, like whatever. Any, you know, go to any social situation, try to say something of value or like, you know, like have a real deep, meaningful conversation and people are like, offended by it it's like why would you say that like this is this is not an appropriate time to have a conversation like that like people right. Anything don't is labeled political but i will say yeah. that our generation um i guess technically some people like to say i'm a millennial and i reject that wholeheartedly yeah but our people are whoever age, people in their 20s 30s they i will say that i think they're a lot better at questioning the norms in a social kind of way and yeah. also, yeah, okay, yeah, more s- open to spirituality. Like I could yeah. easily find someone around my age or younger who wants to talk about like consciousness and spirituality, meditation, things I like guess that. But I, I'm not an older person. So, but I'm making an assumption, and maybe I'm wrong. I'm making an assumption um, based on like. So, like, the people I hung out with in high school, like, the people that I'm friends with, like, yeah, they were, like, dropping acid, doing mushrooms, like, doing things to, like, expand their consciousness. So, if we were having a party, it's like, yeah, you can go in and start talking about Bigfoot, aliens, you know, um, the Illuminati, like, whatever, insert crazy conspiracy theory here, and it would be well-received, right? And we would have a conversation about it. But based on other people that I interact with, like, I'm thinking about, like, the younger people at my job, um, just like other people I I interact with that are like either in high school, college level, or even like yeah, in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, a lot of people aren't ready for those kind of conversations. Hmm. And I think that might be the majority. Hopefully it's not. Hopefully things are kind of turning and people are starting to be like more receptive of more like something deeper than small talk. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think that our generation is doing better than like Gen X and, and older. That's all I really meant well, by it. But. Yeah, you're right. And I think um, there's more access to information now. So mm-hmm. even like TikTok, like... TikTok okay. will have like really viral yeah. conspiracy videos sometimes. So like, it depends like what your feed is. Like, you know, it might be like brainless, like girls dancing or whatever. Or it could be like I, I've seen some people's TikTok feed be like really political where it's like, yeah. wow, I can't believe like somebody's saying that on TikTok. Right. Or um, conspiracy theories or, you know, so like depending on what your interests are, like there are some really like, you know, different different levels of information on TikTok. Um, even- and I think that kind of like the access to information and like being a kid, you know, a lot of kids these days like. Their entire lives, they've had access to smartphones, Mm -hmm. tablets, the internet. So they've always had all of this information at the tips of their fingers and they can, you know. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, like I think it's good and bad. um, I think it's bad to be raised as anytime you're sitting there, well, I can't have you screaming, so you're going to get the tablet. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously like. That's terrible. Yeah, but I think the result of that. they have fallen down a lot of these rabbit holes and they have learned a lot of different things that like kids weren't learning in the 80s because they like didn't even have access to that sort right. of information. You know what I mean? But I, I would just say um, I'm about to take a call, but I, I would just say even among people my age who would be really interested in things like spirituality, like you can start a conversation with them about something like meditation, mm-hmm. just really simple. I still feel like if something is quote-unquote political to them, 
they're gonna suddenly not want to talk about it or only yeah they don't care about response. uh they don't care about the economy yeah exactly <laughs> so going to your phone calls and thoughts we have creighton in kentucky creighton what's on your mind ladies you guys are really being kind of deep tonight <laughs> i didn't call to be to have a deep conversation i, I jumped fine. onto the uh the uh the the cam feed right about eight o'clock and uh and you know in the past if you have seen one of these other shows that you guys uh record in advance and then play i'll just see an empty uh studio mm-hmm. and uh, for a moment i thought you know did this happen again did i get rip rolled and then it oh, yeah. to me that you guys could actually say anything you want and then on the cam video, if you wanted to, you could just put the video for Rick Martin's never going to give you up. <laughs> running the loop. Hey, this is on, deep. On this is a deep conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we totally could if we wanted to. <laughs> it's funny because Captain has actually been um, thinking up what we could do to have something instead of just empty chairs. So, yeah, like uh, like a more interesting graphic. Yeah, I know for like um, Pork Fest, like I, I can see Mark Edge right over mm-hmm. there, his, uh, his picture. They would like tape them to the chairs. That was pretty funny, but yeah. I, we could get more creative with it. I mean, I also took why my, not? Uh, porcupine. It's a yeah. I saw that the other day. Oh. I really enjoyed that. Actually, I put him sitting on the chair, making it look like he's talking into the microphone. Yeah, it was cute. That was really cute. Or like sometimes coconut will be over there. Yeah, <laughs> that's the best ones. That's it, my one dog. Of, one of those uh, mannequin heads was just the shoulder and the head, <laughs> and put a put a, a a beard onto it. For yeah, we have a beard, beard actually. Live. Yeah, we could. Well, is that all you have for us today, Creighton? Uh, that's all I want to say. Thank you so much for your call. I'm going to move on to Tim in Florida. Tim, what's on your mind? Oh, I got a lot on my mind. Uh, good evening. <clears throat> I hey. bought a Bible from, from Goodwill. I bought an authorized King James Version Bible from Goodwill. And I've got a little mystery because, you know, when you buy a book, especially a Bible from Goodwill, people have marked it up in, yeah. in many cases. So this one looks like it has some history to it. And uh, on Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, they put a bracket around it in blue ink. <clears throat> and it's got a date. And it says 7 slash 30 slash, it's either 69 or 67, but I'm pretty sure it's 69. And it says Roy right next to that. So and, what are um, the verses there? It says... Uh, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that and he had rested from all his work which God created and made. And I don't know why they put that date. So was this person born on that date? Yeah, maybe that's kind of the first thing that came to my mind was maybe... He was now, born, he on that got day. born on that day. Is whoever wrote it there, was it him? 730-1969 was like, what, a week before the moon landing, too? And and, and a few weeks before Woodstock, right? And wondering, yeah, Woodstock you know, was in August, like I believe. So is it, was this a hippie Bible, or is it not <laughs> that old? I just can't I don't know. think of what... Um, what that date has to do with those verses. Like, I really wanted it to be something where it sparked something, but it really didn't. But 
I think that sounds like a fun pastime to go buy a Bible, specifically a Bible yeah. from a used bookstore and see what other people have written in it, like see their insights. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. I mean, and I never really like think about that. I buy a lot of used books, but you don't really think about like, wow, somebody else was reading this book and like, what is the history of this book? Like how many hands has it been through? Um, Like what, where were they when they were reading it? Like all sorts of stuff like that. And I think, you know, especially where uh, like a Bible, you know, most books, right? You read it once, maybe twice. Mm-hmm. And then either you it sits on a bookshelf or you pass it along to somebody else. But a Bible um, can be a very intimate thing for families. That people read over and they, over. Yeah, they read it. Some people read from their Bible every single night. Um, and it has like probably like the deepest significance for a lot of people of, of faith than like any other book would. Right. So um like the pages that they're rereading over again, like the verses that are really calling to them um, in any sort of like dog ears or notes that like people are specifically making in Bibles. I mean, it is it's just like a very interesting thing, like the history of like having having an older book and just thinking of the history of it. And um, that's one thing I like about Kindle is you're not holding on the exact book that somebody else read. But if you've ever noticed, there will be some that say it, it'll be highlighted for you and it'll say so and so number of people highlighted. this. Yeah. Sentence. Yeah. You can turn that feature mm-hmm. on. Yeah. And I love that. that I, there's always really. Yeah. Cool it's things. just nice to know, like what jumped out to other people. Yeah. Sometimes it's something that I totally would also have highlighted if I yeah. was like highlighting things. Or it's random and you're like, why did 5000 yeah. people highlight this? Right. Sometimes I don't understand it. <laughs> well, someone actually highlighted this as well. And they put pink highlights in Genesis. And this was before I noticed the date in the blue brackets. So, so did this you say is pink highlight? Did and you I'm say not going to read it all to you. I'm oh. not going to read it all to you because I know I know this isn't a Bible show. But but every verse they highlighted in pink, it's like all the verses Rastafarians use to justify oh, smoking really? weed. Oh, yeah, that's it's about like the, the the grass, the herb. So maybe it was a hippie all, Bible. All yeah, because you said that definitely. you were like, okay, it's like right before Woodstock. <laughs> that definitely <laughs> I don't know, points to like hippie kind Bible. Of funny. Um, it also could be a coincidence that could be, um, just something that you're drawing from it. And maybe the person that did it, like they weren't of the same, yeah. like they weren't thinking the same thing as you, or maybe they were. Sure. Sure. Did you Absolutely. say that it said Roy next to it? Like a name? Roy. Yeah. The name was Roy. Not, not, I don't think it's the Roy from, uh, from Rick and Morty when he plays the game and he, he works <laughs> at the carpet store. Oh, could be though. It's his second it life. Be. Well, thank you so much um, the, for the call. Did you I, have anything else? I wanted else? to mention one last thing, if, if you'll let me mention one last thing. Go ahead. Um, about 11 years ago, I, I was listening to Free Talk Live, and Ian uh, uh, turned me on over the radio, obviously, indirectly, to John Watts' music. I don't have the website, but indirectly. You can find him on Bandcamp, but he's a Quaker. Uh, he was a Quaker. I'm not sure if he's still alive. And uh, I've been listening to his music for the last couple of days. John Watts? And, and, uh, John Watts, and I was thinking a lot about Ian when I was when I was listening to it. Oh, nice! I, I'll have to ask him about it. Ask him uh, what kind of songs he likes from them. Thank you so much for the call, Tim. Uh, very interesting. It sounds like a fun pastime. I have a Bible in my room right next to my bed, and sometimes I like to just open it up and see what the Spirit has my hands open to. Like I just open yeah, that's it, cool, and that's sometimes really fun sometimes i'm like and i yeah i've heard of other people doing that too where they'll just like open the bible to a random page or like i'll so much i'll it. do that like so i had topics. um 
like a guided meditation book that I would use to like help me teach yoga classes. So when I'm doing like the guided meditation at the end, sometimes it's just like, oh, I want to read someone, you know, whatever. Um, so I would like open it to a random page and it always seemed to be very fitting. Nice. You know what I mean? Like it was like the book knows what we need right now. So like I'm going to refer to the book and the book will, you know, give us whatever meditation that my students are needing, like based on the energy in the room. That's awesome. It's just like um, the Bible and the the book that you're talking about. We're just acting as kind of a medium, a yeah. conduit, a tool for spirits to use to con- uh, have a conversation with you. And I love that. It's cool. 603-283-6160. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Don't go anywhere. The insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. Call in with whatever is on your mind. And in the studio with you tonight, it's me, Bonnie. And Nikki. And we had some interesting calls um, the last segment. But right now we don't have any calls. So if you have anything on your mind, just call right in. We're going to get back into talking about this article from APnews.com. Populist Javier Malay is rallying for the Argentine presidency with chainsaws and Comic-Con costumes. Now, I know the name... Javier. I've known many people with that name growing up in Texas, like in my high school and stuff. But every time I see it, my brain almost says job. And I'm like, yeah, every single time. I I don't think you guys know how hard it is. I I haven't like talked to someone with that name in a really long time. And I see it. I'm always almost saying job, but I never English is your first language and you're reading it. So it's like and kind of like mindlessly reading it in a way too. like sometimes that sounds crazy but i'm more mindlessly reading things on the air than i am like if i was reading it myself um i don't know just like focusing on how i'm saying it i guess yeah i I get i get what you mean so we were talking already about the beginning of this article said that a lot of his supporters are dressing up kind of um comic-con style um i forget what you call that right now cosplay cosplay style for his campaign rallies it showed a picture of a guy in a mangy-looking onesie um, dressed as a lion. It's terrible. Like, you said Cowardly Lion. It's just like that, except it's, like, way lower quality, like Walmart yeah, Cowardly Lion. Yeah, it kind of looks, like, scary. Yeah, it is a little scary. And <laughs> then it showed a guy in a Batman costume. He actually looks like he's probably really handsome, but you can't really see him all the way. Um, he has, like, angular jaw. 
green eyes. You can see his dark eyelashes too. But he looks a little scary because he looks like he's making an angry face. But yeah. it also looks like he's mid-talking. So we're talking. I'm bringing that up only to say we were talking last segment, and Nikki was talking about how they always want to make him look bad. Like everything we've ever read about Javier Malay in the news. Um, he's the if, for people that don't know. If you've just tuned in, he is the libertarian presidential it, or the um, what do they call it? It's um he calls himself something else, right? Um, populist? Yeah, populist. So it's like they call him that, but it's not the name of his party. Neither is libertarian. Like the, It's like the equivalent of libertarian. But he's, a, he. I mean, he dressed up as Captain Ancap, right. so clearly he's at the very least an Ancap, and that's which is, I, I would say, a sect of libertarianism. I think they're just calling him a populist without him saying, like, oh, I'm a populist. Yeah, it's not like what he's... I've self-identifying never seen, him as exactly i've never seen himself identify that way and every single article identifies him that way i think the reason is because they always call trump that slash trump calls himself oh. that they just want you to associate him as trump and yeah because yeah they're calling him right wing and stuff right so i really don't like labels for this reason because it will group entire like it, it just groups people together even and it kind of makes you think like in America, they do this a lot where it's like right and left, and mm-hmm. like that's it. So it's like right. if you're if you believe in this, you're a leftist. If you believe in this, you're a right winger, um, and like that's all there is, right? So it's like it just <laughs> so now like well, we're grouping two halves of the population, like we're grouping every single person together into like under this one you know label that doesn't even actually mean anything. Yeah, like growing so, up, I, I would definitely think there is only right and left thinking. And then, yeah, well, it's yes, it's a very, you know, it's a du- du- the duopoly. Like, it's a yep. very simplistic way of thinking. And I see people do it all the time. And that's a, a big reason why I don't really like labels, mm-hmm. especially popular labels, because it's just like, so we're calling him a populist. You're going to make all of these assumptions about him mm-hmm. before even listening to what he has to say. And right. this man is incredibly intelligent. He has a lot of really based things to say. Mm-hmm. Um, So it's like, if if we're calling him far right extremist and a populist and I, I don't even a libertarian, be... it's like okay, well, especially if he's not saying that he's those things, it's like I don't care what he is. I don't care. I don't even know what a populist is. I don't care. But he does call himself hear... an ANCAP, and an ANCAP yeah. is not far right. No, it's not. It's outside um, of it. It's like a sigma male, not an alpha or beta male. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just it's a different thing. But people can't wrap their head. They can only understand left and right, and they can't wrap their head. They're like, oh, if you're not left and you're not right, then what are you? They can't like, wrap yeah. their head around it. So to me, like I don't even care what a populist is. I want to hear what this guy actually has to say. But a lot of these news, you know, a lot of the media that's reporting on him, they don't want to tell you what he has to say. They either sh- uh, show nothing, no quotes of his while they're talking about him, or they'll show a quote of his that just is out of context, makes him look crazy. Yeah, just completely like irrelevant things. And he is like purposely outlandish. Definitely, I'll say that. Yeah. But how else is he going to get his name out there? Like, they're going to talk about him for something. They're yeah. going to talk about his crazy hair, which I'm pretty sure he does on purpose. Like, I think that it's not just like... Either oh. that or he doesn't care. You know what I mean? Yeah, I heard something about him uh, wanting to make his image sort of like this old, um, like, famous in Argentina, um, I, I don't know, politician that he admires. Maybe not even politician, but, like, revolutionary type 
guy. Yeah. Like you would know who he was if you lived in Argentina, and he purposely makes his style kind of look like him. So I mean, it's obviously his normal hair, but also it's like styled in a certain way. Yeah, like, to look really big and eighties ish. Um, a lot of people say he looks like a werewolf. I think he looks like, you know, like a werewolf, teen wolf kind of thing. To me, it just looks like messy hair. Like, he just yeah. doesn't care. I don't know. Definitely and, messy. Yeah. But um, I, I, I feel like he's going for a certain look. And yeah. if we knew who that politician was, we might be like, oh, like uh, Like the guy from um, Ancient Aliens. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, like it's like, whoa, you look at that guy and you're like, wow. Looks like he got electrocuted. Yeah. <laughs> um. So um, it went over a few... Pictures of people who dressed up at a campaign event for Javier Malay. And then it said that he even dabbled in cosplay. And four years ago, he dressed up as General Ancap um, as like a cosplay. It says, just as his candidacy started as made-for-television spectacle, his followers picked up the baton and have often turned rallies into opportunities to show their devotion to their candidate using props that go viral on social media. And I don't. I think. I guess I know what he, they're saying more here now. They said his candidacy started as a made-for-television spectacle, as in like he was trying to get attention, possibly yeah. doing things that were purposely outlandish. Yeah. At first, I thought they were saying like, oh, he wasn't really trying to win. He was. Yeah, just, he was just joking. Yeah, but I think of like uh, Jeremy Kaufman's like yeah campaign videos. Which is more it, actually like that. Yeah. It says shortly after he first appeared, and, and for those that don't uh, know. Yeah, I probably <laughs> that was kind of just like random out of context. Well, I think I kind of cut you off. So I, the those I don't know, Jeremy Coffin ran for Senate in New Hampshire, and he made campaign videos such as "War is Gay." Yeah, and- I think it was "War is Gay." And then there they were really funny. There was one the the one that the global warming one was absolutely hysterical. Was it like, global I really- warming is retarded? Yes, yeah, so yeah, just, was retarded, just but... things that are like offensive, but like really, really funny. And it's just like it was really funny. Yeah, no, it was good. And I really, I really enjoyed them. The war was gay. One was the best one. Yeah, and then he did a pro-abortion the... and an anti-abortion one. Yeah, and then there was the um the border one. Like we need to close the border. So he's like talking about the border to mass. Um, yeah, but then he's talking about Massachusetts. <laughs> Because everybody, yeah, no, it's just, yeah, it's good. Uh, I started saying mass. I, I never thought I would. I just felt like, why would it's I say- It's a long it? word. It's a but long word. I wouldn't say miss instead of Mississippi, right? Yeah. You always say Mississippi. like Because Mississippi has a better flow to it. You know what I mean? Hmm. Massachusetts. Well, I guess Massachusetts does too. It's kind of like a similar flow. So I, I just thought I never would, but I started doing it. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know why I would do that and not do miss for miss. I mean, I know they say like old miss, but- People don't like it Yeah, people don't use that yet. in conversation, but yeah. Okay, anyways. Um, Bonnie's a local now. <laughs> back to the article. Yeah, I'm from Keene, New Hampshire. I, I honestly just like, I say I'm from anywhere I've lived and like no one ever questions it. Yeah. And one day if you hear me talking enough, I'm like from everywhere yeah. that I've lived. Um, shortly <laughs> after he first appeared on television, the self-described libertarian grew a cult-like following among those drawn to his no-nonsense style. His appeal seems to lie in his ability to channel anger that Argentines feel against the ruling class amid red-hot triple-digit inflation and rising poverty. And then it shows a picture of a guy. Uh, he looks cool, and he's holding up a giant $100 bill that says, like, the United States of America on it. Like, it looks exactly like a $100 bill, but it's huge. 
And instead of um, Benjamin Franklin, is that his name? It has Javier Malay's face. Like, that's a really high quality, nice. Yeah. Uh, he really uh, went all out for that. Poster that someone made. I, I oh, like wow. That that's a, It's even one of the the new ones with the with that, not barcode, but the, oh, yeah, the blue yeah. stripe. So you can't um, counterfeit them. Right. That's what it's called. Yeah. Um, no, that, that was good. Really that's nice. dedication. That's really nice. And then the guy holding it looks really, really happy and cool. Says, Augustine, Augustine, maybe Salem holds an oversized U.S. dollar bill with the face of a president of presidential hopeful Javier Malay at a campaign rally in Buenos Aires, Argentina. <laughs> it's just so fun to say like that. <laughs> Once seen as a sideshow in Argentine politics, Malay managed to parlay his success as a talking head into a seat in the Chamber of Deputies, Argentina's lower house of Congress in 2021. He then launched what looked like a long-shot presidential bid, but rocked Argentina's political establishment when he received the most votes in the country's August primaries, a national contest seen as a massive poll of voter preferences. That was just August, like this year? Yeah. It did happen recently. It feels like it's been like six months at least. That's so weird. No, that was recently, yeah. That's so weird. I feel like we've been talking about this guy for a long time. On we've been, we've been talking about him for longer than that, but that was hmm. when the primary was, right? That's what they said? Said it was in August. Yeah. That seems so shocking to me. Like, I felt like it was, like, April, but I'm just, I guess, messed up time-wise. No, yeah. I think, yeah, that, that tracks pretty well for me that it was probably in August, but we had been talking about him at least since April. I guess when you Like, we've about, been talking about him for a while. I guess when I think about August, it does feel further back in time when I think about it i don't know um that doesn't make any sense <laughs> so <laughs> it says um millet was predicted to have an edge for the october vote but finished second with 30 percent of the vote almost seven points below economy minister sergio massa millet and massa are facing off in the 2019 run or sorry november 19th runoff and pre-election polls show a virtual tie with a large number of undecideds who will be key in deciding the race Often called Argentina's Donald Trump. Yeah, by you guys. I yeah, like, no one else is saying that. Yeah, like <laughs> his supporters are probably not saying that. Like the majority. No, I of doubt them. they are. I mean, maybe they are. I mean, who knows? But I doubt it. Malay espouses a mixture of love for the ideals of capitalism with socially conservative policies, including an opposition to abortion, which Argentina legalized in 2020. Wow, they just legalized that. Um, and it does show a lady. Wearing a, a hat that's not red, but it says "Make Argentina Great Again," and it says. Uh, so maybe, maybe they are, or maybe she's a psyops actress. Could be. Just kidding. It says Michaela Gonzalez, a supporter of presidential hopeful Javier Malay, smiles for a photo outside his campaign headquarters, and it's like the same caption as all those other ones after that. Um, but then again, it's like they're very carefully choosing who they take pictures of. She doesn't have to be yeah. an actress. Um. There's probably a lot of people out there because he's been like filling stadiums and stuff. He's like Ron Paul level. Yeah. Many of his followers have embraced the Trump comparison. Make Argentina Great Again hats and T-shirts are a common sight at his events. A reference to Trump's slogan, Make America Great Again. That's hardly the only U.S. inspired reference. The yellow Gadskin, Gadsden flag, ugh, Gadsden flag, with a rattlesnake and the words "Don't tread on me" is a historical U.S. symbol often associated with the libertarian right. Whoa, they got that right a little bit 
like I don't don't, don't they mean um far right extremist yeah. terrorists? Yeah. <laughs> it says uh it's often associated with the libertarian right. And I feel like any libertarian could uh, be into it, but yeah, I, mean, I would totally concede that it's maybe more of a right-leaning libertarian. Yeah, thing. like more cons—I uh, don't even want to say conservative, but like more. Like I mean, it's, who it's more abortion, like, but also doesn't think. I, that, I feel like "Don't Tread on Me" is just like I like guns. I, yeah, you and know I, what I mean. It's like I like it. I had a shirt that said it, but it got old. Um, I just think that you're more likely to use it if you're more right wing. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely left wing and right wing libertarians, um, but for the most part, the right winger ones, they take it so far that they're not libertarian anymore. But anyways, and when it just comes to like preferences, like I don't want to live in a society where I can't tell a man from a woman, but I'm not going to use the government against you, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's not unlibertarian. But when you start saying, like, I'm going to use the government against you if you bring your children to a drag show, that's not libertarian anymore. No. It says some followers also use props to mimic the chainsaw that Malay has often held up at rallies to symbolize what he wants to do to state spending, which is hilarious. And I'm glad they actually explained it here because sometimes they just talk about the chainsaw and don't explain it. So I didn't know at first why he holds the chainsaw like I don't speak Spanish. So I can yeah. just look up a video and hear I'm we talking about We need Ian it. to translate for us. Oh, yeah. Ian is really learning Spanish, like, rapidly in uh, jail. He has a podcast for it, and he found a English to Spanish dictionary, and he's always, like, calling me and talking in Spanish, and I'm like, I already can't barely understand you on this jail phone, so please. Um, it says... I didn't get involved politically at all in the past, said Martin Arganaras, a 47-year-old artisan who carried a chainsaw made out of cardboard at a recent Malay rally in Buenos Aires. What brought me here is seeing how politicians are getting richer and richer. And, you know, that's that's a great quote. Uh, they didn't seem to choose someone that made him look terrible there. It's a great quote because it's like, you don't have to be someone whose passion is politics and, you know, arguing online about politics, you just have to be a normal person in Argentina to see how politics are affecting you and mm-hmm. um, enriching the people who are the parasite class, as Malay calls it. So some of Malay's loyalists dress up as him, which is hilarious. I want to see that. I love that. While others don lion masks. Because the candidate often compares himself to the king of the jungle. Okay, I didn't know why. The okay, lion. so like, yeah, and this makes sense. Like, there's context, yeah. And honestly, like, I want to say, um, whenever people like, like, Ron, I'm thinking of Ron Paul. Like, whenever people are rooting for a candidate that hard, like, you have to kind of question. It's like, yeah, either maybe this guy's on to something, um, because these people are like literally obsessed with him, mm-hmm. or is it just? Because I think, you know, it was like kind of like that with Donald Trump as well. Um, it seems like these uh, Argentinians are more creative mm-hmm. than um, Trump supporters. Because I don't know, like people like people like are still going hard for Donald Trump, but they're not really that creative. Like I've seen they'll take like the Trump signs and I, I've seen somebody like create a fence in their front yard just with like Trump sign, Trump sign, Trump sign, Trump sign. And it's like, OK, like. Or, or the fl- you know what I mean? Like they're really going hard for him and they're obsessed with him, but they're not very creative about it. These people are like, this seems fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like so they're dressing up there. in costumes and they're like 
create that that dollar bill thing or the hundred dollar bill thing like that was super creative and you knew it took yeah. time and like that was really expensive yeah like that was more i don't know just way more creative than like it's wearing like, a, a hat and like having a trump sign in your yard i think i know exactly why i think it's because trump kind of gave you i'm better than hillary but yeah. this guy is giving people something they really believe in. Something, something real, yeah. Like, the, his ideas seem, yeah. you know, more real, like you said. Um, it says, some of them dress up as him, and others dress up as the lion because he's the king of the jungle. I already said that. I don't really get why he calls himself that. Like, I would love to know but why. I get, like, lions, not sheep, stuff like oh, that. Okay. Like, hmm. that, it kind of makes sense to me. Oh, like, he wants to eat all the sheep who are the parasite class I'm just guessing at this point, so. But it is a call and talk radio show, so I'm going to go to your phone calls and thoughts, Sarah in New Mexico. Sarah, what's on your mind? Yeah, the, uh, um, question. Yeah, what do you do with the, those guests that overstay their welcome? Jeez. And they want to keep, like, staying there, and you're trying to get rid of them? How do you get rid of them? And Are you talking about, like... A- in, special guest and what what do you do at your house I mean, I, I yeah like at your house pop- yeah hmm. yeah i definitely like to give people a hint multiple times when i am ready for them to leave like yeah i really need to start getting ready for bed i i really need to start doing x like i really need to start cleaning my bathroom that's what i was gonna do just yeah I, it's tough no, because about, um i'm not talking about those though Overnight guest of whether oh. they like like they yeah. they'll say I just need three nights to stay and next thing you oh, know wow. they need another another week yeah and then after that like they pretty much want to like move in I I yeah wonder, what do you do so I think with that I think really clear and direct yeah. communication is the best way because sometimes it can be really uncomfortable like you try to drop hints. Um, and most people can pick up on those social cues. Some like can't. I, oh, I've, I've kind of overstayed my welcome, you know, like I better, I better get going, but some people cannot pick up on those social cues or if they're really down and out and they don't really have anywhere to go and they're nice and comfortable in your house, they probably will purposely just ignore, ignore Yeah. Right. Like they'll purposely ignore it and be like, well, you know, she seems like she wants me to go, but I mean, I don't really, whatever. Sarah. So I think like clear and direct communication, yeah. like, Hey, you know, like I was okay with this for a certain amount of time, but you know, because of these reasons or whatever, like I, I just need you like, yep. this is, this was the amount of time that you, I was able to host you in my home and now I'm not able to do that anymore. Yeah. Just tell the person we need to talk and then go and talk to them. Try to stay nice. Don't be mean because or get angry or anything like that, because that will just put you on the offensive and tell them, listen, this is how I'm feeling. I really, I really am ready for you to get going and I wish you the best, you know, keep it nice, but be very clear. Like Nikki says. You know, I think, I think this backfires because we have this guest that we let them sleep, sleep in. We let them eat their food. I mean, we went all over and bend over and backwards, like treating them like a really special honor guest. And now we got a monster on our hand. Like, yeah. like they want to move in. I can't get rid of them now. And I think that you happens know? sometimes, like when, you know, if you're a very gracious host, 
because you're just trying to be yeah. nice, right? Like if you have a friend, it's like, oh, I, I, you know, I'm down and out. I need to stay for a few days or a week. You know, you want to be like if, if you have, you know, family stay over overnight or something like you mm-hmm. want to be accommodating. You know, you're going to feed them. If you have any friend over, like you're going to, you know, you're going to want to host them. Right. But um, if right. somebody is not used to that sort of treatment, um, they might get like a little too comfortable. And it's like, you know, why would I go? go out on my own and like fend for myself if these people are going to feed me. I was also, I was going to bring up, get Richard with you when you have a conversation with him because maybe like a lot of men like just, they're not going to listen to a woman and they'll listen to a man. But it seems like Sarah's saying he's not listening to Richard either. Uh, You know something that the problem is if they're not my friend, that's Richard's friend. And Richard is having a problem with this lady. Whatever he tells her, she ignores him. She's the one that but won't leave? The po- huh. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said it was a man that wouldn't leave. Oh, no. So it's just uh, his girlfriend. But she brought her boyfriend with her. Oh, oh, no. Wait, what? He has a girlfriend that so, has a boyfriend? So you guys have already tried to be like, hey, like, you've already tried to have the conversation? Right. They they oh, went no. from, I just need a night, went to the three nights, and after the three nights, we, they, we gave it till, um next Tuesday. We already told them that that's all we could accommodate you, but she's oh. going to come up with a soft story and try to yeah. stay for more couple of nights, um, this and that. Do and you they, have any... Really down and out. Do you have any friend maybe that lives in your area that's maybe like a large man that can go and kind of intimidate them? Like, come on, guys, it's time to go. You're getting out I of mean, Sarah's house. Even... I mean, like at what is at some point you got it. Well, and that, that and that's the thing too, because I, you know, and I was gonna say like, you know, that might be like a last resort, but it's like, yeah, it kind of does need to escalate a little bit where you're like a little bit more firm and maybe even a little bit more aggressive. Where it's yeah. like, listen, you know, we've been more than a like this is our home, like we we cannot accommodate you anymore. Do you have any more to say about it, Sarah? Uh, you know what I. Uh, we got conned into this job. We hold got on. Conned into it because it was only like three Just hold days. on, Sarah. Uh, sorry, we're going to go into the break. But if you have more to say, uh, more coming up. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever is on your mind, 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie. And Nikki. And we've been talking, well, we were talking to Sarah about her personal life issues last segment. I really wanted to keep her on only to make the point to her that this guest, they're these guests that won't leave her house, are somewhat like, you know, the moot, they're mooching yeah. off of her and her boyfriend or her friend or whatever. And they're somewhat like her, mooching off of all her friends and neighbors and, uh, you know, community members in New Mexico. But unfortunately, uh, she seemed to hang up as soon as we went on break. I think she does not understand when you're telling her you can hold her on. It's it's like if you mute her, she's she's probably not used to that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think we've point. ever done that before. <laughs> that's a good point. She's not used to us. So like, I, I was more interested in that conversation than any yeah. conversation I've had with her for like two months because she's usually yeah. calling in about, did you know that they put the election candidates on the TV? Just yeah, like stuff that like means that. nothing to me. means nothing to me either. Um, but before that, we were in talking about this article from APNews.com that is about Javier Malay, the person who won the primary and then won second place in the election for president in Argentina. And um, since the first place guy didn't get enough of a gap in between him and Javier, they're going to have a runoff. And I think Malay could win because the third place lady, she dislikes Massa, the first place guy, more than Malay. So she basically gave him her oh, yeah. blessing. And all her fans are probably... Everyone who voted for her, they're probably going to vote for Malay. And yeah. that adds up to more than the first place guy. Yeah. So I really think that Malay could win this October 19th. And that's coming up, right? That's like four days from now. Um, And we're reading this article about basically his supporters dressing up. And why is that important? It's kind of not, but the AP News and other news outlets that cover Javier Malay... Yeah. They seem to think it's like the most important thing. Yeah. I, I think, you know, it does show that people, and I kind of said this in the last segment, like when people are rooting this hard for you and, you know, like if it's a regular political candidate, you know, maybe you'll show up and show your support or whatever, or maybe you want to listen and, you know, just hear what they have to say. Right. But to like dress up mm-hmm. as, a, him. as him, dress up as him. Yeah. It, or even just, you know, he talks about lions a lot. I guess that's his thing. Like, he's like, oh, I'm the king of the jungle, whatever. Um, to dress up like lions and, like, all of these things. Um, to, like, go that hard to, like, start cosplaying at his at, at his speech. I, I, I forget what, what this was. If it was he, just a speaking engagement he had or something. It says, um, outside his campaign headquarters. After, campaign headquarters, okay. After polls closed for general elections. Okay. Yeah, so after they voted for him, they went to his campaign headquarters to, like, cheer him on and be like, we love you. You like to have, like, there's, it's one thing to be like, oh, yeah, I like this political candidate and I'm going to vote for them. I would never and there's dress another up for thing. That, yeah. Like, if Ron Paul you know? was doing his thing during the time that I was over 18, I probably would have been doing something. I mean, I have a Ron Paul shirt, but I wouldn't like yeah. go to his campaign. I- I'm also like not that into politics, but um But if he But was- to like these people love him genuinely and I feel like that's because they're seeing all of these horrific issues. Like these these things are affecting their day-to-day lives with the inflation and mm-hmm. you know with all of this other like tyranny be as a direct result of the politicians that are currently in power and this guy's coming in and being like, listen, I see you, you know, I understand, like I'm right there with you. I'm equally as frustrated and I want to do something about it. Like that people like that's on a, like a, like a personal level. Right. So it's like, not only are you a politician, but I feel like you care about my well being, and I'm really upset and you're upset too. Like people, I, people are very well receptive to that. You, know, you know what I mean? This kind of, Ties into something we were talking about earlier in the night. We were talking about how people around our age, like in their 20s, they don't want to talk about politics. They're not interested. They don't care about what's going on in that realm. Well, it was a great idea for Javier to break out of just the purely political discussion. Yeah. He's making it okay, like socially acceptable, like less lame to those types of people 
to be a supporter of his because yeah. like it would feel so lame if I saw somebody my age like dressed up as any political candidate in the United States that they care about. Yeah. Well, they're I, all like old guy. I mean, I guess he's kind of an old guy, but yeah, I don't know. How they're all is. like decrepit. I mean, he looks better than the candidates we have. Right. Okay, so that's young. Yeah. For like we have like how old is Joe Biden? He's like decrepit and senile. He looks like he's 90 years old. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you know, look at the royal family in freaking England. Like yeah. they, the all of these people are old and decrepit. It's like, it's, it's, it's not cool. You know what uh, I mean? Yes. Like to a younger cool. person, it's, it's not cool. And I guess some old people can be cool. Like Jessica Lange, if she was running for president. I don't know who that is. She is. Uh, she was in King Kong, like the older King Kong. Oh, and she was the Supreme Witch in Coven. Oh, okay, uh, American Horror Story. She's just a cool older lady that popped into my head. Like I could get behind that. Yeah, Not, I don't know her politics. I'm just saying, yeah. like, if she was a good politician. Um, but. I, I'm just trying to point out, like, it's not just their age. There's multiple things that surround it. Like, Joe Biden well, is old th- and a loser. It, it, well, it, not even just that. It's like, okay, these people are old. They're rich. They're lifelong politicians. It's like, out of you, touch. Out, completely out of touch. Joe Biden has absolutely no clue what is going on in this country. All of those politicians, like half of the people, like half the senators we have, they don't know what it's like to be a normal, poor person in the United States. They have no clue. They have no clue what it's like to live in the projects. They have no clue what it's like to work a minimum wage job and to try to feed your family and to worry about if you're going to be able to pay the utilities. They couldn't even fathom that. Like they can pretend like they can be like, oh, yeah, you know, I have I have sympathy for you. guys. Like, oh, that's really hard. Like, you know, maybe I'll try to do all these like tax you guys more and then hopefully give you all these programs to help you and put you on welfare. But that's not like a genuine, empathetic understanding of what it's like to be a normal person. You know what I mean? That's just an attempt to make somebody manipulate somebody into feeling like you care and then enslave them further by putting them and that's the thing too it's like i don't want to hear all these rich old people telling me that you know they care about our struggles and that they're gonna you know give us more welfare that's not not gonna help and that's not like a genuine and like you know so so this guy being like oh like let's fix the economy like let's do something about this that's a real solution you know what i mean and and I would like to point out, yes, they're not anything like us. They're way out of touch. But it's not because they're born better than us or something. They're just humans like you and I. They're just regular people that just happen to be parasites and they're in a gang and they're idiots and liars and thieves. Um, but I just wanted to point that out for Jet because, Jet, you're on the line. What's on your mind, Jet? Uh-oh. Well, we beat you to it. Week, <laughs> yeah, last week, I was uh, talking about, you know, how... A true Christian would not be in favor of um, invading and attacking and that kind of thing. But I wanted to tell yeah. you a little story okay. about how I I got kicked out of Bible study because I made the assertion that you cannot be a true Christ follower and be a part of the military or the police. Now, of nice. course, that just that just made everybody's hair stand up on end, and you know, eventually I was told to leave. But, but the reasoning is that when you become an order follower, like one of these, and you have to follow the orders or you, or you don't get your job, you don't get to stay in your job. So you will be tasked with, ordered to 
do things that are immoral um, against people's rights, for example, or uh, in other ways possibly even hurt somebody, um, which is not a Christian way. So um, I wanted to refer back to a couple Bible verses. Uh, Wait, can I ask where, you a question? Um, yeah. So since we spoke last, and I asked you about your perspective as a Christian on uh, war, since then you yeah. got kicked out of a Bible study for saying this? No, no, this is, I've, uh, this is gosh, years and years ago. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it, uh, it was kind of an interesting situation. Well, the Bible group, the Bible study group, just happened to be made up of mostly people working for the federal government. Hmm. <laughs> so that'll do it. It was it was fun for me. But the fact is, <laughs> yeah, you cannot say that you're a follower of Christ and then do immoral things and say, well, I'm just doing my job. Now, the uh, an example is the apostles uh, at one time were, were brought in front of the Sanhedrin, which is kind of like a uh, the Jewish uh, system of uh, justice and all that in court. And and they, they said, we gave you strict orders not to teach in his name, yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Well, Peter then and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. And see, that's my position, that I don't care what these other human beings, because to me they're just other failed flesh and blood sinners. I don't care what they have to say. Um, if it does not correlate or um, jive with what um, my uh, teaching is all about. Now, there's another example. When Jesus himself, you know, the Pharisees and the Herodians were trying to trick him into, um, because the Pharisees, of course, were the religious teachers of the law. The um, the Herodians were the Roman uh, guard and that thing who had occupied the land. And they got together and said, hey, we got to figure out some way to trick this guy so we can get him locked up. And so they came to him and with this one phrase. And this is, this is actually an interesting phrase that I attempt to use to find out if someone is a true Christ follower or not. And it seems to be pretty simple, but it's a, it's a very telling thing. They, they said to him, Teacher, we know that you are a man of integrity, that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Um, and then they went on to finally say, What say you? Is it right? Is it right to pay tribute to Caesar. Now, tribute is something more than a, a few coins, just bowing down and submitting hmm. to the authority. And, uh, and of course, that's when he said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, the God of God's. And we all know that Caesar is dead and nothing is his anyway, so ta-da. But I wanted to pass those things along and and because and, uh, I thought it was kind of a fun circumstance where these so-called Christians said, I can't be a part of their group because I don't believe that we should be warmongers or invaders of other countries and killers of brown people around the world. 
And uh, what's your next question? <laughs> um. Well, that's really interesting. I I don't know a lot about that moment where Jesus, uh, yeah, Jesus said, "Give to Caesar and to Caesars." But Nikki's husband actually had a pretty cool interpretation. I I don't know if it was like some. I, it was a long time ago that he brought this up, but um, he was telling us that I think he was listening to a guy who said that it's interesting because if you took to the extreme what Jesus said in your back then, and you just took all of that crap called the fiat currency where they right. lived and yeah. dumped it right. on Caesar's front lawn literally and stopped using it, then that make Jesus right. kind of an anarchist, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, the bottom, the bottom line is, I mean, if you, I mean, the Bible says in the Old Covenant and, and in the New is all things are God, made by God, for him, for his pleasure, for his purpose. So logically, you've got to say if all things are God's, then nothing is Caesar's. And what I like to use as a great example is I pull out a $100 bill, and I say, give to Ben Franklin what is Ben Franklin, and to God's what is God's. Because Ben Franklin was never a president, or he was part of the, you know, founding, in quotes, government. But... Uh, it's uh, it just shows how ludicrous it is. And plus, he's dead. You know, yeah. nothing is these people. Uh, so I just wanted to pass that little tidbit along. Okay, well, thank you so much for the call, Jet. I guess I beat him to his t- uh, typical. Yeah, I know you didn't even have to say it, so he didn't even have to <laughs> get into that. He basically usually likes to tell us not to s- just say government and. Um, have it sound like oh, this is some other class of being. Yes, yeah, and that's a, yeah, that's the thing too. Like with all of those, um, you know, like cops and all that. It's like they're, it's almost like they're a different class of person, right? But the, truthfully, they're no different than you or I. You know? Yeah, they're just like human beings, but they have accumulated a bunch of power over others wrongfully. They might be a little sick and deranged, right. but um, technically, they are human beings, probably. Yeah. Oh, my God. When I dealt with yesterday, she seriously looked like 12. And I know that's coming from me. She's a cop. Uh, I guess she was a cop. She was dressed in cop, a cop outfit. And she was the one that was letting people in to go vi- uh, to a visit Oh, she yesterday. was like a correctional officer. Yeah. She I know she wasn't 12, but seriously, she looked more 12 than me. Yeah, I and- keep thinking you do like when when you're saying that. Do you remember that whole um thing with that like cop girl? That like bangs the whole oh. um that that's like the, I, I keep like when you, when they're describing her as like a twelve year old cop I just keep yeah. seeing that other lady's face in my head and I'm it, like except this one was actually she was laughing. a pretty girl yeah she was just very young looking but she was so freaking psychopathic yesterday I was just telling her like if you're gonna hold on to my ID which isn't what all of you guys do you all do something different whenever I come here to visit, then I'm going to need a little stick or a little tag that they sometimes give you that says you have some of my property so I can get it back when I come out. And she, her eye twitched. Yeah. Like, that you even had the audacity yeah. to say something like that. No one else was saying yeah. anything like that. They're like, okay, you can have my ID. Like, yeah, no, like somebody else could walk out before me and just grab my ID the way that they do it. Anyways, it, um, it, I don't know why I brought it up. I was just saying that they're sociopaths, basically. But getting back into this article from APNews.com about Javier Malay, um, it says, polls show that the word Argentines, what? Both his supporters and opponents most often associate with Malay is crazy. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a weird sentence. Um, So they they associate the word 
crazy with him. But then again, you know, it says his supporters and opponents, and it's pretty popular to be like, this is my best friend. She is so crazy. Yeah. So maybe they kind of mean yeah, it like, like that. Yeah, like a good thing. I don't know. She's like, oh my God, crazy. We went to the grocery store and she was like carrying around grapefruits, pretending they were her boobs. Isn't she so crazy? Yeah. Just something stupid like that. Um, I'm pretty sure that's a meme. Sebastian Borrego, 51, and his 12-year-old son traveled 21 miles from their hometown. That <laughs> doesn't sound far. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. At least by car, well, like I, if they're it, walking. It could be far. For It depends on, you know, it's like 51 miles in... Um, no, 21. 21? Yeah. Oh. Seems like I, not worth mentioning, right? Yeah. That's, Unless they were walking, that would be crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it says they traveled 21 miles from their hometown to attend a Malay rally. It just sounds like it's like a suburb of the city there. But in or y- you know what I will say? Um, when you live in like a rural area, like that could take longer to get yeah. to than like here where we have so many highways and roads and, you know, they I mean? should say the amount of time if that's the case. Yeah. That, amount make it of time. Less weird. Yeah. Cause I'm like 21 miles. That's traveled like, an hour and a half. That's yeah. like 20 minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, from their hometown to attend a Malay rally in the capital last month. In a show of support, Borrego wore a homemade lion mask. Quote, we need a leader who, oh my God, the picture I just scrolled down to. Um, it says, quote, we need a leader who can take us to a new way of life that we Argentines need. Uh, do you see this picture here, Nikki? Oh my gosh, that is like terrifying. It is terrifying. It's, it's, a, it's like a mask of Malay. Yeah, it's, they're trying it's... to look like him. Yeah, even the it's, hair is it's, part it's of the mask. detailed. It's it's very detailed, but you immediately know what it is. What he is. Yeah, it's kind of just a little scary, though. Really scary. It's like masks like that, gross. like those rubber masks, latex. Always, ones. yeah, they're always even scary. Even the hair is that latex or yeah. Um, he said we need a leader who could take us to a new way of life that Argentines need. The fight is just getting started. That's a supporter of his, and I don't know if he's the one dressed like that, but he has. he's also wearing a shirt with a lion on it that says Javier Malay. And um, then there's this other weird thing. I'm just going to have to have you look at that, too, so it's going to be a, real, a little bit hard to explain. It looks like a baby on a stick. A fetus lollipop. Yeah. It's, oh, it's a lollipop? No, no. It just looks like... I'm trying to describe it to listen. Oh, yeah. That's weird. It, I don't know. Well, yeah, it does look like a like a fetus. Yeah, um, it's definitely supposed to be a fetus, and there's like a circle around it, maybe to um, symbolize like the amniotic sac, and it's on a stick, and somebody's carrying it around outside of one of these places, and I'm not exactly sure if that's um, support for Malay or what. Um there's another one with the guy with a mask on that's just the Argentinian, um, Argentine flag. I really don't know which way you say that. There's just like kind of a regular looking lady. I'm not even sure why they put him. Um, a guy with his chihuahua in a spacesuit looking backpack, which is awesome. I've seen those before. There's just some more regular people carrying Malay flags here. There's a lady dressed up. Whoa, I don't even know what this is. Possibly like supposed to be like the Argentinian flag and oh, yeah. a sun at her um what chakra is that? Sacral? Yeah, I told you they're very creative folks, right. you know. Way more creative, <laughs> like you said, than the Trump people. Yeah. Here's some sharing burgers and pizza. There's a guy with a mask on and the Argentinian flag, and he's on a bike. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I'm looking for the rest of the article, but this might be it. It's just a bunch of 
different. Oh my gosh, it looks like this one's a little like sexual related. I don't oh. know what that means. Uh, I was gonna say oh, we it, really should have learned but... how to speak Spanish before oh. we uh, before we got into this story. It's translated here. It's just the okay. face she is making looks like she's in ecstasy. I'll say. In the shirt it looks says, like she's in labor. Yeah, the shirt says "Basta de falsas denuncias." Oh, what does that mean? Stop the false complaints. Okay. I don't know what that means. It, it doesn't explain it. Nope, it doesn't explain it in the in, um, caption or anything. So yeah, there's all kinds of different. I guess I could just go on. Like I'm seriously scrolling really hard at this point, and um, it's just showing tons and tons of supporters. So that's the end of that article. And I, I thought that was pretty entertaining. Nick, if you don't mind, you can pull up uh, your article about the cop that busts into the wrong house. Yeah. So this happened in... No, that was... I was about to say it happened in Mississippi. Uh, it did not happen in Mississippi. That is a different story I had. Let me see. Um, It was it was Seattle, this one. Yes, Seattle. But we can get into it in the next segment. I didn't even notice we were so close to the end of that segment. 603-283-6160 if you want to get into this conversation. Check out the AP news article that we were just reading. because, And I'll put it on the, the socials because it has a lot of interesting photos. I mean, this guy's really popular, Javier Malay. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. for this last segment 603-283-6160 is the phone number to call 603-283-6160 with you in the studio tonight you've got me bonnie and nikki and we're just going to get right into this article um it's about something that happened in seattle what, what's it about nikki so cops stormed into a terrified seattle woman's home it was the wrong address terrible and familiar Elizabeth Rain was about to take a bath when police officers kicked down her door. Wait, so was she naked? Because then it literally sounds familiar. I think so. When I said sounds familiar, um, I meant like because it happens all the time. Yeah. But And it basically happened to you, right? Yeah, but it was in the wrong house. But then when Yeah, you said, it was the correct house, I guess. She might be naked. Yeah. Then, yeah, I was naked because that's how I sleep. Yeah. Um, kicked down her door, flooded into her apartment, and pointed their guns at her. In November 2020, 45-year-old Elizabeth Rain was preparing a bath when five Seattle police officers broke down her door and streamed into her apartment. She barely had time to throw a coat over herself when she was stormed by the officers who shouted commands and pointed their guns at her. However, the officers had no reason to enter Rain's apartment. According to a lawsuit filed last month, the police had gone to the wrong address. Oh, I'm glad she's suing them. Yeah. They weren't even in the correct building. I don't know if she'll win, but they should at least try suing. I mean, yeah. It's just crazy to even think that she could possibly not win. Like, oh, they just made an honest mistake. Yeah. But when any of us make honest mistakes, we go to jail. Right. Like pointing a gun at someone. When cops make honest mistakes... They, and first of all, Dishonest as as a like a, a professional, a quote unquote professional, 
well, how are you going to the wrong address? Yeah. You guys, don't you think before you do a no-knock raid, bust someone's door down and point guns at them, you should make sure it's the right house? I mean, an Uber Eats delivery driver receives more um, consequences for their actions of going to the wrong house than a freaking cop. Yeah, I mean, literally. And, and this is, you know, this isn't the first time this has happened. They've murdered. Remember Breonna Taylor? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, or maybe maybe it was the right house. But there was another one. I mean, they killed her. Yeah. but uh, And was she was not the suspect. But mm-hmm. this happens all the time where they go into the wrong house. Um, and then people are like, what? Like, what are you doing here? Like, And people have died. And... The, the the police shot and killed them, and they weren't even in the right house. Not if they were in the right house, it would be okay. But it's just like this could have totally been completely avoided. Even if, they if don't you get guys killed. knew, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a like, terrible thing to go through if you um, have no that's traumatizing. possible way of de- quote unquote deserving it. Like if you're no, hurting someone, you're torturing. Maybe you deserve to have your house any, raided. But but I I would say like the majority of the time. Uh, no-knock raids are completely unwarranted. Any raids are unwarranted. And it's just super traumatizing for the people involved um, to have your your space, your home, completely violated, mm-hmm. to have criminals, thugs, gang members storm into your house and point guns at you. That is, I, I don't know in what world are those the good guys. Like, that's the law enforcement. Yeah. The people who are like, murdering people and breaking into your home that's the law enforcement that sounds like a criminal gang to me and like what was the even the reason they were doing this to the person who they were supposed to be uh going to their house i feel like it probably wasn't what i just described like oh you have a uh you know a tortured victim no there's probably like oh this person might have a gun so you should probably yeah whatever stupid so even Drugs. after police knew or should have known that they had broken down the door of the wrong apartment in the wrong building, the defendants still continued to needlessly search her apartment while Miss Rain trembled in fear. So I I mean, yeah, wouldn't so I don't know how they were so they should have figured out by now. I mean, I guess they should know what the um what the suspect looks like or whatever or like some way to ID them or something or if she's saying like no that's not who I am like I'm somebody else they still searched her apartment without a search warrant like that sounds illegal yeah so according to the Seattle Times the officers believed they were responding to a crisis call about an intoxicated man who may have been attempting to push someone out of a window while others, while other first responders were able to reach the correct address, so okay, so oh yeah, the paramedics, the paramedics and the fire department made it to the right place. Why? But does it's this the cops require... that were so dumb that they couldn't even find the right building. Why does this even require searching through her items? If it doesn't, if it's about a guy who's trying to push a lady out or somebody out a window, yeah, like you there's look for no the guy. search warrant there. Why are you looking through her stuff? Yeah. Why are you still in her apartment? Yeah. Leave. Is there, a is, man there? is there is there a man here? Did, is anybody pushed out of a window or Leave. near near to it? Yeah, so it's like clearly the situation that you're responding to isn't happening here. Maybe you should leave, say sorry, and then uh, you know go find whoever actually needs help. These freaks, they just like can't handle being wrong. So I feel like a lot of these situations, they already yeah. figured out that they were wrong, but they're just going to go on. They were with like, it. "I hope we find a crack pipe on yeah, her on yeah. her coffee table or something." Totally. So you know what I mean? Like, oh, thank God we busted your door down. 
you know, it's just insane. Well, we do have a caller on the line in Washington. Chuck, what's on your mind, Chuck? Yeah, talking about that uh, lawsuit, I was just reading up on that. Oh. Uh, that was, uh, uh, you know, they took that to the street during the uh, protest slash riots slash uh, Chaz Chop area. That was one of the, you know, things that people were protesting about, no-knock warrants and how dangerous really and and, uh, and most of the time unnecessary it is. Uh, in Auburn, Washington, uh, which is in the Seattle area, uh, I believe, uh, it's in that area, um, they had a, uh, uh, a recent incident where like four or five of these organized criminals with masks on their face uh, knocked on a door in an apartment complex identified themselves as police and they, and they weren't police. And, uh, the, uh, person living inside the apartment started blasting and, uh, uh, his, uh, pistol at him and, uh, chased him off. But, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that, that story right there kind of helps, uh, prove that whole, uh, notion that, you know, maybe no knock warrants are not a good thing. It's a and, terrible uh, thing. And um, yeah. it, it's kind of messed up to say, but if you're breaking into someone's house, you can clearly see, most people who at least believe in gun rights can clearly see that the person defending their house was in the right for, yeah. the, for that situation when they're just somebody pretending to be a cop. But a lot of people, even people who believe in gun rights, don't believe that you'd be in the right in the situation where it was actually a person calling themselves a cop. And I'm not saying that it's uh, a good idea. It's a terrible idea. It's disgusting, though, to break into. I mean, if that's why you have a gun, right? Like to defend yourself. So it's like, yeah, if somebody is committing a you know a B and E on my house, if they're breaking and entering into my house, yep, and they're trying to hurt me, and, and I feel right. threatened, like isn't that the point of having the nightstand? firearm you know what i mean like if if somebody if if a drug addict was breaking into your house and trying to steal your stuff to pawn it for whatever you would want a you know if somebody's coming into your house and trying to assault you you know like that's why you would would want a firearm and it's like how how is it different just because it's a cop and it's like, oh, this is legal. And, this and is a legal argue, breaking and entry. You could argue that the cops doing this are making it more dangerous for people who get um, a regular criminal breaking into their house pretending to be a cop. Because if they're afraid to shoot them and they're just listening to everything they say, yeah. well, they're going to get their things stolen or they're going to get hurt. And they didn't defend themselves because they didn't think they could legally defend themselves because mm-hmm. they thought it was really a cop. Thank God for body cams, by the way. I, I, I just want to say that right now. It really is doing a number exposing the negligence of police, uh, and uh, it helps them ho- hold them accountable if uh, there is uh, su- such a thing. But uh, anyway, thank you very much for taking my call. Thank you so much for the call, Chuck. Um, we have more from the story, right? Yep. So, um a court okay so we already went through that so they believed they were responding to a crisis call about an intoxicated man who may have been attempting to push someone out of a window while other first responders were able to reach the correct address a second group of officers ended up in a different apartment building where they mistakenly stormed rain's apartment 
Body camera footage shows the officers kicking Rain's door in and rushing into her apartment with guns drawn. The officers are also captured searching through her apartment while Rain sobs and trembles in fear. Oh my god. The officers actually I'm sorry, I missed it. Was she naked? Uh she had just enough time to put a coat on. Hmm. So I think she just grabbed like maybe a you know a bathrobe or something and threw it on and so she's naked enough in yeah. her own house. And it, yeah, everything about this is just one, even if you're responding to a crisis call, why do you have your guns drawn? Yeah. It just, it, it's such like a, an overuse of. Imagine you're about you know? to get pushed out a window and then cops bust in the room. They might freak out and just push you. Yeah, that's the thing. And it's like anyone else that responds, I, police officers are like the worst people to respond to crisis calls, like a therapist, um, paramedics. Like anyone else is better trained to respond to someone having a mental health crisis or any sort of emergency. Honestly, it's like, and I will say, you know, to be fair, recently I had a, an encounter with police officers at my work where I had a patient who was like freaking out and a danger to themselves, quote unquote, whatever they, they appeared that way. They're incredibly intoxicated. And I had to call the police because that's part of, you know, the protocol at my at my work. Uh, and the, the police officers that showed up were actually like really kind and gentle and were totally like, so in that circumstance, like, yeah, they actually, that particular human being did a good job of diffusing the situation. But why do they have um, to steal from people to do that job? Why yeah, exactly. Just, uh... I mean, yeah, I, I'm essentially doing the same thing in that circumstance, right? And I'm, you know, not being paid with taxpayer dollars. Yeah, you're not that are stolen. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, we, we could possibly, absolutely, accomplish those things without. Um, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. It's like I, yeah. I was trying to explain this to a guy. Me and Joe were talking to like two weeks ago. It was like I asked him if he's ever had a good com- or good. Um, interaction with a cop where a cop actually helped him and i kind of won i was gonna win either way if he was like no i was gonna be like well there but since he said yes and he explained oh a cop helped me not get my ipod stolen or something like that i was just like okay so what makes you think that that is something that can't be done without yeah them being paid from theft like that's all the differences i'm saying here i'm not saying oh we don't need anyone who can help people when their iPod is being stolen. I'm saying why steal from other people to stop stealing? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't at all. So the officer's actions put Rain in mortal fear that she was going to be assaulted or killed in this incident through no fault of her own, reads the complaint. Sounds familiar. She was about to take a bath in her own apartment at the time, had disrobed in preparation for getting into her bath and barely had time to throw in a large coat to cover herself before the defendant officers who entered the apartment shouted commands at her and trained one or more fire. That's a strange trained one or more firearms that are pointed. They are pointing Mm -hmm. guns at her. Mm -hmm. Rain's lawsuit argues that the officers forced entry into her home, violated her fourth amendment rights and subjected her to substantial mental and emotional distress, fear for her physical well-being, invasion of privacy, loss of privacy, and other related damages. I feel like uh, they're going to just be like, well, qualified immunity, so whatever, and she's not going to win this, but it's a pretty freaking opening 
closed case as far as regular real morality, you know, yeah. like they uh, seriously infringed on her, just her natural rights. I'm not even talking about the yeah. Constitution. Well, yeah, we're not talking about even law here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they they infringed on her like actual legal rights, but also her rights as a human being. Yeah. Like, you know, we were talking about in like the first or the second segment, we were talking about AI and animals and how it's better just to be kind to other people just as like, you know, uh, just to be a good person. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, clearly this is not happening in this case. You know what I mean? Abusing and telling um, Siri if Siri was um, sentient, like, I'll turn you off and kill you. Yeah. I mean, these people are probably going home and actually beating Beating their their wives wives and their children. I mean, mean, statistically speaking. Yeah. Um, so this is far from the first time that the police have mistakenly stormed into the wrong address. Cops frequently invade homes without properly checking. They have the right address leading to damaged property and terrified residents. Further, tragedy has occurred countless times when police officers have raided the wrong home and ultimately killed an innocent person living there. While the exact scale of the problem is unclear, between 2017 and 2020, Chicago police alone raided at least 21 wrong addresses. And unfortunately, as is true with most instances of police violence, officers who kill or injure Innocent homeowners, when they invade the wrong address, are usually protected by qualified immunity. So, yeah, it's it's pretty scary. Yeah, and, like, we need to absolutely get rid of qualified immunity. If anyone else, like, listen, if I was a paramedic and I was respond, if I went into the wrong house and, like, kicked the door down and was like, oh, I'm, you know, I heard somebody's having a heart attack in here or whatever. And pointing guns at people. Yeah, I mean, paramedics don't have guns, but, yeah. um, you know, even if I were, like, just went to the wrong address, I'm sure I would get reprimanded, fired. I would at least but get how much written worse up. would it be if you were just, like, carrying your own gun and also doing all that stuff? It would be yeah. even worse. Like, yeah. Going through their stuff. So, like, like that's the thing. It's like my next don't do, but uh, but other people in you know uh, like paramedic. I'm using paramedics as an example because it's like if I mean it's a similar field to mine, so I can like rationalize it, right? I can like understand, but it's like if anyone else did this, if anyone else made a mistake this big in their job, they would be fired. You know what right. I mean? They would be, they They'd would get their license legal, taken away. You know what I mean? Like if I made consequences, like, legal consequences. Yeah. Like, like if I did lose. this as a nurse or a paramedic, I'd probably get my license taken away. I would probably get fired. There would probably be legal consequences. Why are police officers protected under qualified immunity? There are so many other jobs that are equally or more so like more dangerous. Cause yep. that's, that's the, Oh, I, I, in order for cops to protect and serve, they need qualified immunity or else they won't be able to do their jobs safely and effectively. Well, they don't do their jobs effectively. They don't do their jobs safely. They're right. hurting all of these other people and they have absolutely no consequences. Anyone else would have consequences. So, like, why is it not the same for cops? That's that's an obvious one that needs to go into the New Hampshire um, legislature. I mean, I to be fair, I haven't thought of it and, like, sent it to Jason Gerhardt. I'm not blaming anyone for not putting it in, but that's one that really needs to go in soon. It would be... That makes such a huge difference. You couldn't even argue that New Hampshire was the freest state if we ended qualified immunity. Yep. Is that all from that story? Yep, that was the end of it. Well... 
That's really terrible. I know there was a story that was really similar in New Hampshire, in um, Manchester. A man, uh, I guess, was selling drugs, and his mom lived, like, next door. And they busted into her house and shot and injured but didn't kill her just because they thought that address was where... Or maybe it wasn't that he lived next door. They were, like, confused. Like, it was a previous address he used to live with. But either way, this was about a drug charge? Yeah, they were thinking he was selling, like, pills. They busted into her house and shot her. Right. So, and and that's the thing, too. It's, like, and this happens so much where it's, like, the response doesn't match what people are being accused of. You're selling Percocet. I'm going to shoot you. Yeah, like, that doesn't, like, why are we doing a no-knock raid for that? Like, why are we killing people over that? And he was, like, suspected of selling Percocet. It's like... He's in, yeah, like, uh, innocent until proven guilty? No. That's kind of a myth in the United States. Yeah. Well, moving on, we have this story from the Los Angeles Times. I don't know if there's really much of a moral story here, but it is interesting, and it is a little bit crazy. It says, off-duty pilot took psychedelic mushrooms 48 hours before flight, prosecutor says. And when I first saw the headline, I just thought that couldn't possibly have anything to do with whatever he did. Um, Like, you're not on shrooms for 48 hours. Like, even yeah. if you take a lot. It says, Unless you're having, like, a psychotic break. And I think that's more likely what's happening. So I think that the headline is just kind of, um, you know, I can't think of the word, but like clickbait type yeah. of deal. So it says the flight started normally with two pilots and an off duty colleague in the cockpit talking about the weather as they took off from Seattle for San Francisco a few minutes ahead of schedule. But the Horizon Air flight ended about as strangely as it could. An emergency landing in Portland, Oregon. Period. Sorry. The off duty pilot handcuffed and strapped to a seat in the back of the plane after allegedly trying to shut off fuel to the engine and an investigation by the FBI into whether he was on psychedelic mushrooms during the flight. This event is a unicorn, said Robert Ditchy, an aviation expert and former executive at numerous airlines. It's almost unthinkable to me. Federal prosecutors in Oregon charged Joseph Emerson, 44, with interference with flight crew members and attendants. Emerson, an Alaska Airlines pilot of 22 years, was arrested after crew members detained him Sunday following an outburst in the cockpit in which he tried to kill everybody on the flight, prosecutors alleged in court papers. Horizon Air is a regional carrier, yeah, I'd never heard of it, owned by the parent company of Alaska Airlines. The FBI said in a criminal complaint unsealed Tuesday that it is investigating whether Emerson was on psychedelic mushrooms. An official told the Times in the complaint, an agent revealed that Emerson told investigators about his use of psychedelics and said it was his first time taking mushrooms. But FBI officials declined to confirm that Emerson had taken mushrooms at the time of the midair incident. Quote, it is vague in the complaint, but that is part of what the FBI is investigating, unquote, said Joy Giras, an FBI Portland field office spokesperson. The FBI is investigating the timeline of his use of magic mushrooms. I can't believe they're calling it that. It's just, um, it's so random. Like, why would that be, like, the first thing they think of? It's because these FBI people, like, they would never take shrooms. They, you know, they get, um, 
psychological evaluations. Well, and, and they like hear about like, oh, this person took acid and they jumped off of a building. Right. Exactly. So that's exactly why they would think they're this like, way. yeah, you take mushrooms and you think you can fly and you like jump in front of oncoming traffic when that's like not like you're still like on mushrooms. You're still pretty coherent. Right. And Unless you take like an outrageous amount, but like you're still like, you know, you might be giggly, you might, you know, see some visuals or something, but you're not like completely out of your mind. Um, it's just I I always think of these people as they would be a lot better if they had taken these things. Like yeah. uh, during Ian's uh trial in December last year, me and TJ were talking, uh, TJ that calls in a lot and I think he used to be a show host I'm pretty sure well he's hosted the show with me and Ian before so I guess he was anyways uh TJ the spy uh we're talking about just psychedelics before the day started and this FBI agent um we called her well I don't want to say what we called her um (laughs) but she had short hair I called her Tinkerbell um but there were a lot meaner words for her that were said and uh she was FBI agent that was kind of in charge of like collecting all this information on Ian and then she went up there and lied about him and she was such a gross cop like yeah so gross she used to be a, a regular cop like in Charlottesville Virginia but now she's a stalker and now she is a stalker and um a liar and she was walking past us like walking into the courtroom and me and TJ were like you should try DMT <laughs> You said that to her? Yeah. You told her that she should try DMT? I was like, this one, you you really That's should awesome. try DMT. But she's just you, like, You look angry. like you could use some DMT. Right. But uh, You know, you would be so much less of a scumbag right. if you just expanded your mind and stopped, you know, harassing peaceful people. Right. <laughs> you know, you should try getting a real job. Yeah, but they don't let you talk that much. She was just kind of gave us like a glare and kept going. But it's true. It's true. <laughs> and um, basically, this guy didn't sleep for a long period of time. And that's what happens. That makes you crazier than just taking a normal amount of uh, yeah. magic mushrooms. Well, freetalklive.com. You can visit us there. Find out more about us and um, listen to more shows. We'll see you again tomorrow. Peace. you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate well i know a guy who's really great it's the realtor mark warden now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in new hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. PorcupineRealEstate.com